Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And welcome back to Bros Watch PLL2. We're back for S7 E12. These boots were made for stocking. Mm-hmm. Written by Oliver Goldstick, directed by Ron Lagomarsino. What did you think of this episode, Marco? <laughs> I like parts of it. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite PLL episode. I, I think it might not make our top five. Um, I don't know. To be honest, I, I had some issues with this episode, which we'll get into. I mean, but I mean, I, I, I'm not as shocked by some as some people are by like the breaks they stomp on in some regards or the it's not like nonstop reveals. Um, well, of course, they're not going to reveal anything major. I, I don't know. The whole like we didn't get enough answers like it's the second episode. That's not really my issue. I just feel like the episode is kind of constructed in a way to kind of alienate the viewer, I guess. Which I think it does. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say, I'm sure we're going to, I did enjoy like, as I'm doing notes for the, for the first half of this episode, like Emily's like, what the fuck face that she makes so many times. <laughs> uh, like little things. I was like, Oh, that's nice. Um, anyway, shall we? Let's jump on in. Uh, do, do we have any follow up beforehand? Uh, no okay there we go no follow-up copyright john syracuse anyway uh we're going to start with the liars lament game board here the liars are still leaning over it hannah's got her big butcher knife in hand about to stab something mm-hmm. and Arya's saying can it see us or not mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean it, it must be able to somehow it senses danger I think we talked about it in the last one, but mm-hmm. like when uh, when Veronica comes in to like tuck Spencer in or whatever, like is this thing just whirring and buzzing? I I think they must every time they like don't use it, they put the cover back on, and Veronica just never wonders what's that giant fucking like box present thing with the huge bow on it over there. Well, she doesn't she doesn't pick up the uh, baby born in the madhouse mm-hmm. letter either, so Veronica's got some restraint. She's. <laughs> Very respectful of Spencer's private space, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Arya, can you see this or not? Emily's like, guess. And then we see the reverse, seeing the five liars standing over it, looking down, uh, Hannah in that, that kitchen knife and kill position. And Allison's just like, it's punishing Hannah for attacking it with a steak knife. <laughs> um, so like Emily goes to pick up like the flip off the, the phone as part of the game or whatever, and she's like holding in hand. It still says winner take all, because we're picking it right from the previous episode's ending and she clicks it off and she's like this is ridiculous and Hannah's like Emily this person knows that we killed Rollins and Emily's like why are you giving them that much power and Allison's like well them is a vindictive blind girl and Ari's like this can't be just Jenna and Allison's like well why not and Hannah's like because she's a vindictive blind girl Hannah Marin just loves her some blind people bashing yeah like, how could she create a board game when she can't even tell if her blouse is on straight? Burn! High five to the right. Yeah. Uh, Allie's like, well, it didn't stop anyone from selling her a firearm. Which, like, that really makes me stop and think, how did Jenna get the gun? Will they sell a blind person a gun? Are they like, you have you have Second Amendment rights too? Do what you want with this? <laughs> like, how does that work? 
I guarantee you, you asked that question and somewhere in the world, like fucking Ted Nugent as the answer. Mm-hmm. Goddamn right. She can have a gun, even if she can't see where she's shooting it. Yeah. Uh, so Emily says, okay, we're not playing this game. And she just walks away. It's like, and she's done with it. Everyone sighs. And it's like too late. And Spencer's like, I said, I was sorry. Or he's like, Spence, you don't have to apologize. We get it. And Hannah's like, get what? That letter is bait, Arya. Like some fat, juicy worms stuck on the end of an electronic hook. And Ali's like, from Jenna, who had help. And says, her help is dead. His head rolled over your feet, remember? (laughs) (laughs) Hannah's not having it. Uh, So uh, Arya's just like, forget no con. What about Sydney? What's her face? Um, Emily's like, oh, please, let's not go there. So Spencer's like a little confused by that. And she's like, Em, you've already been there. And Emily gives her just like this, how dare you look? I think Emily's like, uh, wait, I never fucked her, did I? <laughs> yeah, Spencer's like, honestly, I probably have. <laughs> have you watched that video about my hookups? Spencer says, Jenna once tried to use her as a spy to make, and Emily cuts her off. She's like, it's not about who started the game. It's, it's about how they're getting exactly what they want. We're all scrambling like mice, like we're still in high school. Hannah's like, you are. Boom. Burn. Emily's like, I park in the faculty lot now, Hannah, okay? And I'm not going to let Jenna or Sydney or any other sadistic freak who's watched Jumanji too many times. Allie's just like, Emily. And Emily's just like, turn me into another 10th grade victim again. Yeah. Um, so she's like, they have footage of us burying Rollins' body. If that gets out to the police, I was like, then we tell the police what we left off when we thought that Hannah was kidnapped. Allison was tortured by this freak. He deserved way worse, meaning Rick. So she's like, I agree with you, Emily, but it might not be backtracing a little bit here. First degree murder, like I said in that flash forward, mm. we still kind of broke a few laws. Um, Emily's like, Spencer um, walked that one back a little too late. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't do it half a season in like nine months. After later. he buried the body, it's a little too late. Yeah. Um, Emily's like, not enough to play this game. Okay, I'm done. I mean it. So Emily pieces the fuck out of there. And Arya's just like, ah, and her eyes kind of inflate and roll around in her skull. And she's just like, okay. And Hannah's like, she doesn't get just walk out like that. I mean, I may have been the one driving the car, but we have to be in this together. Hannah's like, you're all going down with me, bitches. Yeah, so she's like, we are, Hannah. We are. And Hannah gets supposed to look like, really, bitch? Really? <laughs> yeah, before or after he played the game without us. Yeah. Um, so everyone kind of like moves away from that part of the barn and we like pan over to like the lit up game, which like, seems like is it mere like they kind of like turn the lights out a little bit or like fade a little bit. And, like it seems like the lights of the game glow a little brighter. I think they, um, they pulse a little, it seems like, or maybe it's just my imagination. Yeah, uh, it's a it's an interesting opening just because it's all of them and it's like nonstop. Well, this is my problem with the opening. Not that there weren't some good lines and burns in there. But this whole opening is basically characters saying, I don't want to be on this show. Like, why are we doing this? You know, like metaphorically speaking, mm-hmm. uh, especially Hannah. Like, I feel like Hannah has had that a lot the entire flash forward. Like, she's constantly like, I don't want to be doing this show uh, as mm-hmm. a character. You know, I'm, I'm sick of this. Why are we still doing this? And it kind of sets you up as the viewer to kind of like check out on the proceedings. You know, it's like your characters are telling you they don't want to participate in the drama. Um, it right. just, I don't know, I feel like it puts you in a mood to kind of be impatient and irritated with the plot of the show. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I think you combine that, like all the characters in this episode are particularly unlikable. 
And that combined with this opening, it's like the usual a hijinks we get. We're just totally over. It's like these characters are annoying. They don't want to be here. Why do I want to be here? It's it's just not a good place to put your viewer in, I think. Well, uh, I agree with you. Counterpoint. Some of our characters, when they're unlikable, that's their sweet spot. But uh, well, it's not. It I mean, there's, a lot there's of... good unlikable and bad unlikable. They're just like, oh man, they're being horrible. I love it. And then there's just like, God, just stop fucking whining, you know. And it puts a lot of pressure on the episode because it's it's Chekhov's gun. You know that like Emily's going to have to have her position reversed. She's going to have to be back in the game. They're all going to have to come back at the end of this and bookend it and essentially reverse their position in some way and be either and it, be forced to it or just, choose to play the game. And it just feels like we're grinding to get there. Yeah. Well, it's like it 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 puts a lot of pressure on Addison Derringer <laughs> <laughs> to single handedly bring people back into the show. Poor Addison Derringer. Or Holden or whoever, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Holden yeah, comes I, out mostly okay in this episode, but yeah. Oh, without a doubt. It's like, I, I, I two episodes in, I think I, I like Holden so much more than I did previously in the show. Um, he's just a chill bro with a backwards baseball hat. He's a chef now. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a chef. <laughs> he goes the distance for some mushrooms. He'll uh, follow his friend to stop from potentially poisoning a girl's saltwater taffy, um, like you do. Um, but this is like Hannah makes this crack about Jenna's ability to dress herself as a blind person, and then like fashion terrorism becomes part of her plot line. Um, yeah, anyway, so, Emily's the shisher. Emily's the shisher, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, next we catch up with the liars, it's daytime, presumably the next day. We see Arya in some red boots made for stockings, little ankle-high red booties there. She's coming down the stairs from Ezra's place at the rear entrance of the brew. And we see a kind of a nerdy-looking reporter dude comes up to her. He's got like a Argyle vest on. He's just like, excuse me, hi, uh, sorry. I just noticed that you're coming out of Ezra Fitz's loft, which is a weird thing to say to someone. And Arya's like, I'm sorry, who are you? Uh, yeah, a girl in an alleyway? It's a weird thing to say. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he does this like, imagine oh, like walking up to someone. Hey, I just noticed you came out of so and so's house. You're like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> uh, who the fuck is this guy? That's Knox Harrington, the video artist. Yeah. He, this guy is just kind of like makes these like, oh, where are my manners? Like type faces. And he hands her a business card. He says, uh, Jared Healy, I work for the Philly Inquirer. Yeah, I've been trying to get in touch with Ezra Fitz for a couple of days. You know, I've even left five messages, but he, uh, and Arya's just been kind of studying this business card the whole time with just great amounts of displeasure. And she just cuts him right off. She's like, what's this about? And he's like, yeah. oh, a human interest story my editor is hot on. Local author reunited with his long-lost fiance. And she just wants to murder him now. Uh, it says, they'd like to run it next week. And Arya's like, what do you mean reunited? <clears throat> and he's got this great look on his face. Like, like, he doesn't know what the fuck. Like, how does she not get what he's talking about? And yeah. he's like, well, she was presumed dead. And Ari's like, um, yeah, Nicole Gordon was never his fiance. Fuck you. He hands the card back. I, she's like, I am. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she just storms off in a huff. And he says, oh, well, I didn't realize that there were two of you. Oh, man, work that line into your theories. Um, yeah, so she she storms off, like, maybe not fully getting how badly she screwed up here. Like, Ari, um, you don't, like. You're so quick to correct him on the fiance thing. You just gave him exactly what he needed. Well, yeah, and this, you get to watch this nerd be like, hmm, there might be an even bigger story here. 
Yeah, you just gave him the the juicy nugget that he was hoping to get. Now he has somewhere to run with it. Yeah. Um, um, also, I just, I just have to say, uh, a week or two ago, we were we were talking about Nicole, and I, I mentioned that Nicole was Ezra's fiance, and an Ezra fan corrected me online and said they were never engaged. Uh, apparently, so, you were wrong. Um, I saw something. I can't remember which of the many interviews there was with Ian Harding, where he mentioned that uh, the Nicole relationship. He's pretty sure Ezra was going to propose to her, and I remember thinking it was a weird line for this is like before playtime mm-hmm. a weird line in an interview and so i think that's where i i just cycled in you know he was going to propose i.e they were basically engaged in some fashion before she was speared away to the jungle um so rosewood high locker room Paige is like going over emily's roster or whatever this is where Paige and emily conduct all their business in the girls locker room seemingly this is Paige's office <laughs> well like pages i want to be amongst my people Paige is the athletic director, the AD. Um, she's going over Emily's roster. Like, that's what an AD does. Uh, she's like, why did you put Lopez fourth? And Emily says, she performs well under pressure. Her adrenaline kicks in. She goes into a complete zone. Like, way to micromanage, Paige. I was just going to say, is this micromanage? I mean, is she, like, over with, like, the football coach? Just, like, I know, why is this person on the team doing first of football all, stuff? I'm not entirely sure why a high school has an, an athletic director. Or athletic supervisor, or whatever. Um, they would mostly, I feel like, involved be involved with like budgets, and mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe like finding vendors for the uniforms and shit like that. You know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think they're like, I don't think Paige is gonna like walk over to the lacrosse team next and like make sure that uh, all the people in the starting lineup are cutting it or something. Well, not that it matters, but like Emily would also be a PE teacher, right? Well, yeah, like, I have that later. Yeah, there's no like full time swim coach. Well, no, I mean, there is. You just get paid a stipend. Um, anyway, what are these? What are these two crazy kids talking about? Paige is like, I remember that so, feeling. Yeah. Emily's like, yeah, it's kind of hard to forget when we're standing here. We're still standing here. And Paige is like, it's crazy, isn't it? Paige says that. Um, they just like smile for a moment. The subject changes. Paige is like, M, I'm sorry. What I said in the teacher's lounge, bringing up all that stuff about Allison, I'll probably say worse before the episode's over, but I know how much she means to you. And they like start to like pan away past some lockers to the other side of this row. And Emily's like, don't apologize. It's my fault. I had this intense history with the both of you. And we see in that next row of lockers just a teenage girl named Addison Derringer, the, uh, the long-promised Addison Derringer, applying her makeup. She looks in the mirror inside her locker, listens to this like oh. echoed melodrama. Yeah, and Emily says, you and Allie have your own weird history. And Addison just kind of perks up, like, ooh, what's this juicy bit? Uh, and then we cut yeah. back to Emily and Paige, and Emily says, when you told me what she did that night on my porch, I I fell for you hard. I wanted to protect you ever since. And then we cut back to Allison, who just smiles like a villain. Because Emily has learned nothing in seven years about how to have a private conversation. Also, that's a weird thing to say. It is, yeah. Especially because like, they're not dating now. Well, like, you know, just so you know, Paige, when I heard how you've been bullied by the girl that I put on the pedestal look up her skirt, I fell in love with you, too. <laughs> I know. And Paige is like, uh, I'd like to think that I'm a little stronger now. And Emily's like, you are. We all are. And then she reaches out and puts a hand on top of Paige's. Paige is holding a clipboard. And Paige kind of looks down at Emily's hand just like, whoa, that's not really professional. And she 
pulls her hand back and shows Emily the roster on her clipboard. And she's like, post it. I got to get to a budget meeting. That's my real job. And Emily says, go. So Paige takes off. Emily kind of goes the other way. And she, as she's walking past, she sees Addison's just staring at her own reflection in the uh, inside door of her locker there. Emily's mm-hmm. like, Addison, I didn't know you were in here. And Addison has just mastered the art of like sullen teenage bitchitude. She's just like, yeah. I'm a quiet dresser. And he says, well, you're late to first period. And wait, wait, what is this? Like a practice before first period or something? I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Addison's like, yeah, well, it's computer lab. I've been typing since I was two. Start your theory engines. <laughs> and Ellie says, why did you miss yesterday's practice? And Addison finally turns to face her and she says, I went home early. I was sick. And he's like, hmm. You seem to have recovered pretty quickly. And she's like, it was a headache. Why? Are you sorry it wasn't a tumor? And Emily just kind of sneers at this as the bell rings. She's like, you should get to class. And Allie slowly departs, but not before taking as much time as she can to just be like insolent and bitchy, like as much as she can get away with. Mm-hmm. I immediately like Allison. Or not Allison, Addison. Sorry. That's yeah, gonna, I that's know. Gonna get to sometimes. I typed Addison a few times by accident. Mm-hmm. I'm almost shocked that like she didn't like shoulder check Emily as she passed her. I think that would have been too like far. Emily is Emily is five seconds away from being like Matthew Broderick in election here. If she just <laughs> or when about this episode's there uh, by the end of the episode, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so this we is like a crazy kitchen. practice schedule here. She's practicing after school and then before school the next day. That's a lot of swim. Practice. She's not. She's not practicing after school, and that's the problem. The the most um, questionable thing about the Addison character. Well, maybe there's a few, but like, she's like this ultimate bitchy mean girl. Why is she even on swim team? That just seems like yeah, like that's too much for her. Yeah. Well, is she like just like super good. Like when she gets benched later, is that like is that going to hurt the team? Yeah, who knows? I mean, you've got you've got Lopez when that adrenaline kicks in. Lopez just takes off like a rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer's kitchen. Veronica's there on the phone talking to someone, and she's like, "What's the time frame?" Oh, I see. Well, if you think a couple more weeks will help, that's when Spencer comes in one of the many back doors, and Veronica turns to her and kind of you know acts fast. And well, Spencer's says on the phone. Can I? Spencer's got some body language here mm-hmm. that's still it's screaming, still mad, basically. You know. Still mad and like sensors on, ready to perceive everything is terrible. Mm-hmm. Ronga says on the phone, like, can I call you back? Thanks. So she hangs up. Spencer like zooms past her, goes to grab something on the coffee table. And Ronica's like, hey there. Yeah, it's a full picks like, up. Yeah, she slides it down on the island next to Ronica. And Ronica's like, well, what's that? So she says, Gil just left a message. They want to sign the lease on the field office in Philly. So do you want to go see the place before it comes to reality? So <clears throat> Veronica glances at the papers in the folder and she's like, Sounds like that would be wise. Maybe you and I can go down there this afternoon. We could stop and have a nice lunch. And so it's just ready to go right into who's on the phone. Was it dad? Yeah, Veronica, so Veronica hesitates. She, she can't answer. And Spencer's like, how long is he going to put off coming home to face me? Veronica says, honey, your, mom, your father is not avoiding you. I'll be back this Thursday. He's left you several messages. <laughs> Peter Hastings just uh, leaving those messages. Spencer says, yeah, this isn't really the kind of conversation I want to have while he's in a hotel lobby. Joke's on you, ladies. Peter Hayes mm-hmm. has some of his best work in hotel lobbies. So she starts to leave. Veronica says, he's hurting too, Spencer. 
This isn't how either one of us wanted you to find out. Honestly, we didn't want you to find out. Uh, Spencer turns back to look at her mom. She says, what does Melissa know? Did she sign some secret family pact to keep me in the dark, too? And yes. Veronica's like, your sister loves you. That is not an answer, Ronnie. Uh, Spencer <laughs> says, because she acted like she was in shock when she found out that we were related to Jason. I mean, if she knew that dad had already strayed once, then why did she put on such a big show? Why didn't she just tell me then? Well, for starters, Melissa also found out after she made out with yeah. Jason. <laughs> Other reasons to be upset. She got to like third uh, base with Jason. Yeah. It's over the clothes stuff. I mean, that would freak you out. Uh, so Veronica's like, Melissa isn't aware of all the circumstances surrounding the. So just like, wow. So only you and dad could appreciate the bitter irony of checking me into the same in hospital where I was born. I'm sure they had many like, lulls over it. Yeah. Veronica's like, please don't do that. You have no idea how hard it was for me to walk into that place. So I'm just like, yeah, well, you got to walk out. It's like a part of me will be living there for the rest of my life. Spencer pulls out her microphone, throws it down, storms yeah. out. She leaves. I mean, you were there for three days, Spencer, and you wanted to be there. Like now you're being super dramatic about it, even though like you wanted to check in to Riley. I don't know. I feel like she's maybe playing this up for a little bit more than it's worth. Do you think some part of Spencer thrives on discovering that some aspect of her life has been a lie all along? Probably. I don't know. Like, are there people out there who are like, I'm totally on Spencer's side here? I mean, I, I get where she's coming from. She's feeling kind of, you know, ambushed and like she's no longer a part of something that she thought she was. But Veronica is doing everything she can here to be as, as like loving and communicative as possible about this, I feel like. And well, I think you just answered your own question. Yeah. Um, so Lucas is lost. Oh, real, real quick before we move on, yeah. the Melissa stuff. Mm-hmm. The way I'm interpreting this, I just want to see if we're on the same page. Melissa had to have known that Spencer was adopted. I mean, she's old enough to know that like her mom was never pregnant, and suddenly there's a baby there, right? Yeah, I took it to mean that she is aware that you're. Well, you know what? It's a good point. She probably was told that Spencer's adopted, but she didn't uh, know that Mary Drake was the mother. She didn't know and any that, of that. Yeah, she might not have known that Peter's actually the biological. No, father. no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think she knew Spencer's heritage, and she's yeah. and another way that Melissa's secretly been a nice sister. She's never brought it up the entire time, and all's protected her little sister. She's like, wait, we are like half biologically related? Damn. I mean, you gotta think at some point when Melissa was younger, it had to have been tempting to be like, you're fucking adopted. After, like, Spencer stole her third boyfriend or something. Maybe. I mean, but we did hear stories of, like, when, when they were younger, like, Melissa would, like, defend Spencer to mm-hmm. things. I'm sure it's come up, like, between her and Ren. Like, like especially, like, especially in the know. bedroom. Ren's like, oh, love, tell. I'm so close, love. Tell me something, love. And she's just like, Spencer's adopted. And he's just like, oh. I, I'm not sure Melissa would tell. She is very inscrutable. I think she probably keeps that True. locked down. True. Unless she's like had she, some, she would not uh, give that away. Bathroom for free. cocktails. Yeah. No, I I don't think she gives that away without getting something big in return, like an exchange of information. Hmm. I miss Melissa. I just I, I'm just gonna assume that Melissa's been like working for MI6, you know, when she's not on camera. Mm-hmm. I think she's she's probably liaisoning with uh, Nathan Drake there, her father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ooh, like, like a father daughter spy thing. Yeah. Yeah, like alias basically. 
So meanwhile, at Lisa's loft, there's a knock on the door and Hannah strolls over to open it and Mona powers in with an armful of garment bags. And Mona's just going to jab her way a mile a minute. She says she drooled all over them, but she's desperate to wear what was behind door number three. And Hannah's like, okay, slow down. And Mona says, she kept droning on about gloves, but I talked her out of that one. I'm like, Katie, you start covering up your arms? People are going to think you're, that you're a stripper or a junkie or both. Just hit refresh on that spray tan, hun. And Hannah can only just like try to keep up here as Mona's unpacking dresses from the bags. And she's just like, okay, those aren't from my rack. You went through my closet? And Mona says, well, I wanted to see her to see the best. And you weren't here. And Hannah's face is just like this bitch. And Mona says, and this was before our boundaries treaty. So take a chill pill, Donatella. Imagine the boundaries treaty. Is that like the happy version of the Fifty Shades of Grey contract? I would love to see these two sitting across each other at a table, like going over a contract about boundaries, playing some kind of like psychological braver chicken. Uh, that's, that's a no on anal fisting. Cross that line out. What was the one that she asked the question about? Was it nipple clamps? Was I think it was nipple? what's no. a butt plug. What's a butt plug? Yeah. Mona's like, I'll tell you. And Hannah's like, no, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Mona says this is what gave her palpitations. And she pulls out a black dress. It's got some kind of like, I don't know, it's a little old fashioned, weird, the kind of like color highlights on top and like a gauzy black skirt on the bottom. It's a black swan hippie dress. It's so Aria. Sure. Yeah, and Mona says, or Hannah gasps at this in shock. Like, she's suddenly terrified. And Mona's like, what's wrong? And Hannah's like, she can't wear that. And Mona says, why not? It fits her perfectly. And Hannah says, uh, she can't wear that dress. And Mona says, okay, why are you eating insecurity for breakfast? Hannah, this dress is genius. And Hannah's like, it's not an option. Mona says, I can't pull the sucker out of her mouth, Hannah. She loves this one. Mona has great lines in this episode. Mona, definitely one of the highlights. Uh, and it says well talk her into another and Mona's like why and it's like yes Hannah fucking why just stop beating around the bush with this shit uh, yeah. but instead she just sighs some more and Mona's basically had about enough of this as I've had she puts the dress down to give Hannah another pep talk and she's like Han no masterpiece is ever complete if somebody hadn't pulled Mona Lisa off Da Vinci's easel he would have given her a perm and Hannah's like wait when did she have a perm when it's just like okay i can't do this right now i have to go get to a jewelry designer in milford call me when you've had your coffee and she just takes off and hannah goes over to the dress and just hannah faces all over that dress mm-hmm. jesus christ hannah like these are the scenes that i feel like just make the episode frustrating it's like why does she have to withhold telling us what the problem with the dress is for half the episode you know too <laughs> dramatic tension it, yeah know. it just feels like stalling like like I, there's several scenes in this episode where someone's just like what is it and the other person won't say and it after a while you just start feeling that repetition like you're already like in this like questioning mood from the opening and yeah plus there's just like a lot of scenes with the rosewood high storyline like we're about to go back to it but it's like every other scene is rosewood high with allison page addison mm-hmm or Emily and it's good. It's not great. It's just, it's like, it's the dominant story and it's, I don't know. It's well, it weird. Doesn't... It's, it's an episode that feels like to me, I don't know, like parts of it were thrown together from other storylines. It doesn't feel like it has a true a plot. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. Like, like the Addison storyline or this dress storyline, you could see that fitting into an episode where it's like, there's a major away mission in there and like stuff happens. 
but it's like mm-hmm. this episode is all c plots from you know because every once in a while you got to like move some chess pieces around like there's no the biggest thing that happens is like the hannah thing which is like you know with the shoe cobbler which is totally boring emily's like so what do you red shirts do for fun on the enterprise when we're not all on alien <laughs> planets like sleeping up their women that's what they do uh so we're in allison's classroom allison's addressing her class um all right 12 knife papers due on friday if you haven't picked a theme please do so it helps if you actually read the play the kids are Allie's all filing still pretending out. to be a teacher how cute She's still doing her Shakespeare thing. Uh, behind her, we see the words compare and contrast for Shakespeare's play. And the quote is on the blackboard that, though I am not naturally honest, I am so sometimes by chance. Um, I'm, I'm sometimes so by chance. Yeah, it's from the winter's But the, the line is actually, I am so sometimes in the actual play. I, I'm reading it from the blackboard is what I'm doing. I know, but I'm reading okay. from the actual oh. play. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kids leave, but one remains. And it's who you hoped it would be. Addison Derringer. It's like chilling on her phone. Um, so Emily comes through the cloud of departing children, marching up to Addison, who's like typing away. Well, this and is like this is what I must ask before we get into this. Why is Emily even here? Does she teach PE right now? Because otherwise, why are you here? Like, shouldn't what well, is that's, she doing? That's the thing is she's like you said. If she's still here during the day, past the whatever early morning swim practice, she must be a PE teacher. Or otherwise, or she just wants to stick it to Addison because she didn't like her attitude. And she's been spending the entire first period like researching Addison's attendance to like go get her in trouble. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And also like the secretary's like, take it down a notch, Fields. Emily Emily just marching into another person's class, totally unprofessional. Like, if this was not Allie's class, she would not do this, right? I would hope not. Like you wouldn't just go walk into another teacher's class and like yell at one of their students. I'm sure she's gone, but like I'm sure Ella would be like, "Excuse you." Yeah. Um. So So Emily's like, "Can I talk to you?" Addison doesn't look up, and she's just like, "It's not a good time." (laughs) And Emily's like, "Addison, there's no record of you leaving sick yesterday." And Addison's like, "The one has become a federal investigation." So I go over to her desk, like Allison's like just listening to this, trying not to screw them up too much. And Emily's like, your teammates were in that pool giving 110%. You mispracticed about a vowed excuse. And Addison says, well, what do you need? An x-ray? My head was throbbing. Listening to your rusty whistle wasn't going to help. In your fucking face, Emily. Yeah, so Emily's like, you're off the line for Saturday's meet. So she like, tries to like storm out like she's like won the day. And Addison's just like, you sure you want to do that? So Emily looks back, surprised this girl went there. Um so once Emily's like looking at her, now Addison scoffs at her, and then she gets up and like pounces out. Yeah. Um, so she leaves just smirking and staring, like just like an insolent little shit. Um, I gotta jump in on Addison's side here. Uh, I I once too had an asshole for a gym teacher in high school, Mister Eason. You remember that asshole? Uh, that dude went mm-hmm. out of my way to look for any little thing he could punish me for. Or take take points away for it just because i got on his bad side because i went over his head once emily is that asshole right now like addison's eventually gonna do some fucked up shit but right now emily's the bully like at this point in the episode addison skipped class so fucking what like you're not the fucking attendance police like back the fuck off emily what do you care so much about this for why uh why'd you go over his head i wanted to go on a field trip and he wouldn't sign their permission for him so i just went to the principal yeah. You think he was upset because of all the classes you missed? I guess so, yeah. How many did you miss? Too many. <laughs> like two-thirds of the class. 
it wasn't that much. It was early in the morning. It? It's inhuman to expect students to show up that early. Yeah. Hmm. You remember that yeah. asshole? That's how we met. I had to retake yeah, it. Yeah, that's why I think year. I think this is a a, a weird cryptic storyline almost for if you want to read that angle into well, it there's no angle there i'm just saying like i've no, no, had... no, 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 no. not 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 that angle but mm-hmm. i just think it's interesting that you have considering we've said previously in the podcast this is slightly the origin of us even meeting yeah. or being aware of each other and then there's this this storyline where you have you your mr eason only it's emily fields i'm sure you've had your mr eason too like it wasn't like miss neil like you hated her Anyway, we've all, we've all had that Neil. teacher who like takes it personally. Emily is that teacher right now. She's jokes a on you teacher. though. Like Mr. Easton, like loves PLL and he's listening to this podcast. Nah, he's just he's like dead. He's like Benjamin. <laughs> now nah, they they named a field after him. I think that means he kicked the bucket. Anyway, Emily uh, or Addison leaves. So Emily goes over to Allison. God, Addison, Allison, and Emily says, "Is it just me or is she?" And Allie's like, "She's worse." At least when I threatened adults, I looked up from my phone. It's like, also, Allison, you uh, flew planes and you had a dark-haired alter ego, and we're generally awesome. There, there's yeah. that, too. Well, so Allison is like, can we make this pity party about me, though? So she's mm-hmm. like, what if I have one like her or me? And Emily's like, oh, so you decided? <laughs> Someone, I just got in, somebody on our, I think it's on our Instagram, was saying how Allie only speaks in pregnancy metaphors now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> God damn. Um, and so Emma's like, so you decided? And Allison's like, no. I'm just trying to go one day without thinking about it. Until now, that yeah. is. Uh, that's why you <laughs> just brought it up, huh? Because you're trying to go one day without thinking about it. And she says, TikTok. <laughs> so we like kind of pull out of the hallway outside the classroom. We see Addison is like doubled around to the classroom's other door. She's they're, listening on in on these two. They're just making it easy for her. They really are. It's like... <laughs> I wonder. I kind of wonder, like, for Allison, was she like when she was a kid? Was there no real spycraft? It was just the adults. They're so clumsy. Um, but Emily, being Emily, says, well, "Why don't I come over? Bring you dinner? You shouldn't be alone right now." And Allison's like, "I'm not. There's a mini me waving to me from a board game next door. Probably <laughs> scheming to make my situation work. That's even possible." Addison's like, "What the uh, fuck does that mean?" <laughs> yes, seriously. Um, well, Addison's like, "Am I the mini me? What board game? I can make this weird." <laughs> Um, so she, Emily pushes some of like Allison's hair behind her ear and like hugs her and she's just like, mm, come here. So they hug each other, hug this it away. And second unprofessional PDA of the day here. Emily's like, this is like a serial case of her. Um, like, Emily, do you realize like, you're working right now? Yeah. So, uh, we cut back to Addison in the hallway. She's like, pulls back from watching. We don't realize that she's just like taking pictures and she smiles herself. She's so devious, but again, they're making it easy. Yeah. I mean, at this point in the episode, I really liked Addison. I was just like, ooh, this is the spice the high school storyline needs. I can't wait to see what devilry she's going to get up to with all this mm-hmm. juicy gossip. And then, wah, 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 sad trombone. Because, like, there's so much, like, potential right now. And what she does is, I don't know, it's, it's almost insulting. It is insulting. Speaking of trombone, uh, so just barn. She's opening the door to let Detective oh. Marco Fury in. Uh, he's wow. like Speaking in running of gear. Huh? Um, he's like wrapping up his headphones. You're just not even going to touch that. You're just going to power on. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fury's just like, I left my phone on vibrate while I was running. Sorry, I didn't get your message to them. Well, I, I feel the like, need to point out, he's in a tank top and basketball shorts that make him look really short next to Spencer. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's well, because he probably is very short next to Spencer. No, I know. It's just the outfit doesn't help. It makes him look like a little kid. Um, yeah, I mean the the sharpness of the suit, like you know, especially in a bar of a drink and a story about whatever the goody girl charm school girlfriend who ate the thing anyway. Like it, mm-hmm. it really helped. It was really, in retrospect, compared to this scene, their first moment together in the rally, that was like Clooney and J Lo meeting and out of sight <laughs> at yeah. the bar. Yeah, maybe uh, it's the tank top. Like maybe we should just have like a tight t shirt on instead because he just looks like a like twenty years too young for it now. Uh, anyway, so Spencer's 20 years too young for hyperbole, obviously. Uh, he says he sounded fragile. What's wrong? And Spencer just has to take a step back and wander into the kitchen area. She ponders being called fragile by anyone. And she's just like, um, and he's just like, Hey, talk to me. I didn't come here as a police officer. I thought the shorts would have been a giveaway. Also look at my legs. Yeah, he's like waiting for her to laugh and then she doesn't so oh this must be serious he's like what's going on are you feeling threatened because allison's husband is still at large we're gonna find him spence is like no it's not that that fucker's dead it's it's and mark is like then what is it and this is where i'm just like fucking spit it out already like why well, do she we has keep this... doing this dance in every scene where the someone's cat's got someone's tongue so like one of the hardest things to do for an actor is like just convey thought yeah. And like Troy is really good here because she does this like, fuck it, I'm doing this. And she's just like, ah, are you still looking for Mary Drake? And he's like, why? And she's like, would why you consider making that? Yeah. Would you consider making that a top priority? And he's like, have you heard from this person? And she's like, I, um, I found something in my house. And she goes over to her Edward Hopper book on the coffee table, opens it because that's where she's keeping the, uh, the letter from her mother inside. She hands it to him. And she's like, she wrote a long time ago when she was in Raleigh Sanitarium. So he starts to open the letter. He's got to see like a little bit of like how it's addressed. And she's like, it was addressed to me before I was born. He well, gets look. It, like, it was addressed to Mary's child, but sure. <laughs> well, it just Spencer. says for my child. That's all it says. It right. It never but, says Spencer's name on there. But when he reads for my child and she says it's addressed to me, I, I'm just I mean, pointing out that Twincer is still alive right now. Theory okay. remains strong. OK, so, you know, he's he's guessing what she's getting at here. And she sits and he continues reading. Um, yeah, back at their storyline is weird, but it's interesting. Yeah. Back at Rosewood High, Emily's walking down the hall. You see Addison's leaning against the locker, doing some shit on her phone. Emily passes by her and gives her kind of a dismissive look and Addison turns like doing her best kind of young Allie evil smile. And we see on her phone, she's got some photos of Allie and Emily's PDA from earlier. And then at the end of the hall, Emily stops and stares back at Addison, gives her like a cold look. And then she shuts her locker and leaves like way to beef with a 15 year old Emily. Yeah, they are blood enemies now. This is like how like gunfights start brewing in the old West. Yeah. So after the commercial, uh, we're in Lucas's Unfortunately, loft. Rosewood, everyone's hosts. <laughs> yeah. um, Hannah, Hannah's yeah. pumping some jams. She's making some adjustments to the dress. It's on like one of those, I don't know, the dress stands, whatever, like a little dummy you put the dress on. Caleb walks in from the bedroom. Did he just get out of bed? It's unclear. And he's just like, hey, you want to take a break? Maybe get some lunch outside of this room. But Hannah's just too busy working. She's in fashion beast mode. Mm-hmm. Anna? And she's like, oh, are we... Uh, sure, let's do yeah. it. Um, nah. It's just... Nah. Uh, so she's it like, what? 
Oh, can I? Yeah. Well, thank you. It's every little boy's dream. I know. Um, Isn't it, though? So what did you say? What? She says it without looking up. Oh, I'm sorry. What? She says without looking up. <laughs> You're obsessing. I'm working. Look, I'm the last one to side with Mona. Don't. She has a point. But this client loves your design. No, it's not mine. Totally. I mean, I designed this when I was working for Claudia. I showed her and she gagged and she gave me like 20 suggestions. Well, how many did you take? 19. The beating, the belt, the collar. Hannah, Claudia Greco was a dragon. She stole your soul for three years. Not to mention our relationship. Yeah, I went there again. I mean, the least she could do is give you the belt or give you a belt. <laughs> what the fuck, Caleb? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the belt makes the dress. If I lose the belt, I have nothing. What do I have? I have a hippie ballet costume. It's like the sugar plum fairy meets the grateful dead. That's what Claudia said. She was right. I still think Claudia's right. So yeah, Caleb Caleb smiles and shakes his head like this fashion stuff is just, just girly nonsense. But he comes over to make her feel better, probably some hand stuff. And he's like, hey, can I just say one last thing? If you believe in your talent half as much as I do, you will see this moment for what it is. Take it and run. And they share some affirming smooches. Come on, uh, Hannah. To, just, to, just believe in yourself as much as a man believes in you, Hannah. Well, and to, to quote someone smart, what the fuck, Caleb? <laughs> Why are you bringing this up again? Is it, you just going to do this in every episode now? Well, so, it's just like, Hannah, I'm really happy with your fashion career, which, by the way, is what broke us up last time. Wherever it is on the on the bingo thing, I mean, hopefully by now you've all listened to our interview of Allison Nelson, and I I love how understated her response was to this. It's not my favorite thing for a <laughs> dude to say to a girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyways, back to the uh, riveting high school plotline here. Paige is just game, chilling. Game of pools. <laughs> chilling in the swim locker room again. That's just what she does. She's hanging some flyers, as all athletic directors do. All I do is make flyers. Also, I think, I think in this episode, she like wore her outfit from the hoedown episode to school. Um, With pants. With different pants. Yeah, yeah. But like, I don't know. It's just like a weird look. It's just like a flannel shirt. Uh, so then she's joined by 2017's breakout character, Addison Derringer. She's the new Poochie. Addison's going to do a little victim voice here. And she's like, Miss McCullers, do you have a minute? Paige's like, sure. What's this about? Addison does her own little aria over the shoulder check here to see if anyone's watching and comes over and says, I, I was going to go to principal Hackett, but I thought, I thought it may be better to talk to you first. So Paige gestures some nearby benches between the lockers, a little suspicious still. And she's like, have a seat. So they sit and Addison says, you heard I was benched for skipping practice, right? Paige nods. Addison says, well, there's a reason I wasn't here. I'm, I'm not comfortable with this new coach and Paige does like a full on like Aria eye arrow here because mm. uh, yeah, Paige is looking out for that new coach. Aston says, and now I think I'm being punished because I, I didn't respond the way she wanted me to. Paige is like, respond to what? What do you think you're being punished? Allison. And Allison says she coach fields ever since she got here, she's been really inappropriate, <laughs> which isn't entirely incorrect, but that's not Addison's angle. She's just been inappropriate in different ways. <laughs> so Paige is like, can you define inappropriate? And Addison says, I've caught her staring at me while I changed. When I was in the shower, in the bathroom mirror. 
page is like Addison. And Addison says, she gets too close and touchy. And it's not just me. Chelsea Lopez is freaked out too. I, I took a picture of, of last Saturday's meet. I'll show you. And she starts fiddling around with her phone. And Paige has just got her eagle eyes trained on Allison right now. She's She smells that uh, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Addison says, she's always brushing her hand against Chelsea's thigh. And Paige is like, always? That was Coach Field's first meet. Good point, Paige. Addison says, I, I don't know why I can't find it. But if you saw this photo, you'd understand why everyone's so uncomfortable. Paige says, so you think it's the whole team? And Addison says, I can't speak for everyone, but here, look at this. She hands Paige her phone, and we see that picture of Emily caressing Allison's hair from earlier. Mm-hmm. And Addison's like, she's even inappropriate with other teachers. <laughs> and Paige is staring at this, thinking about murdering some trash cans right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the one, you know, Paige was uh, completely skeptical up to this point. I'd say she's still skeptical, skeptical of Addison's story, but that one landed. She does yeah. not like seeing that picture of Emily and, and uh, Allison there. Um, yeah, so she's like, uh, I'm not saying she's a predator, but she's definitely someone who's like way over the line. If you think I should go straight to Mr. Hackett, and Paige is like, you did the right thing coming to me. I'll handle it. Can you forward this to me, please? And Addison says about to do that. Like, maybe a little pleased with herself. Maybe a little too pleased with herself, yeah. I've got to say, Lindsay Shaw is really good in this scene, especially since like part of the scene is just her like staring at the girl's phone and like reacting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Addison's Addison's manipulation game. Of all yeah. the places they could have gone with Allison, it's like insult to injury. Like after all those years of Ezra never getting called out, Emily's been a teacher for like two days, and she's already caught more heat than he ever did. Yeah, a lot of people tweeted that at us, and you're all 100% right. Like, it's funny, especially since they use the word for Emily in this storyline that Ezra never was lucky enough to be graced with. Um, Obviously, she's she's not really wanting to go to Hackett, but, like, I can just imagine that where that plays out, where they take this to Hackett, and Hackett's like, yeah, I'm retiring. (laughs) I I mean, I think what she's doing, she wasn't actually going to go to Hackett. She's no, trying no, she, to see she, if she can tweak page that. by showing that photo. Yeah, yeah. She's like trying to like put this on page. You can handle this now. You can negotiate the way in which we get rid of Emily or, or caution her or do something. Um, well, do you think but, do like, you her, think she's expecting Paige to get mad when she sees the photo and take action, I guess? Well, so here's here's my point. Her manipulation game, top rank amateur for like a 15 mm-hmm. or 16 year old girl. Good job based on like auditory evidence, but like I feel like if she had seen and not just heard Paige and Emily talking in the locker room, maybe she would have acted a little bit differently or, or, or no, used a different story. She's coming at it the wrong angle. She has to be like, I'm so sorry about you and Emily. And Paige is like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, I, I guess she's she's with Allie, you know, like something like that where mm-hmm. she's like acting innocent about the whole thing without this whole like creepy predator angle. I don't know. Well, see, I think, I think, yeah, the creepy predator angle is what burns it alive, mm-hmm. but because it's bullshit. She's definitely it's playing bullshit. on. She's playing on that aspect of Paige's, she's you know, heart to. by showing her that photo, yeah. like that photo dropping. Like, that photo is ridiculous, Emily. You should never be. I don't know, but like, uh, uh, it's it. Like, she's using that solely to get to Paige. Um, but I mean, it's it's destined to fail. Paige knows Emily's not a predator, so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let's go to uh, Holden's kitchen. He's a real chef, but a cool chef. 
Mm -hmm. can tell he's got a backwards baseball hat on. Mm -hmm. He's like chopping some chives or something. I don't know what he's doing. I just want him to like look at the camera and be like, by the way, I've only been a chef for like, what is it, April? Four months now. What do you think his like his skill, his occupation was before this year? Like DJ? I don't know. I don't know. Like brain surgeon? The guy, the guy that negotiates when people have been like taken hostage by like foreign terrorists. I don't know. Something intense. Stockbroker? I still think DJ. This guy well, has definitely like, been a DJ in one of these years. But only for like one year though, yeah, right? No, then he has to move on. Like he There's probably like photographer. A, I'll bet he did like a photography stint in there. Uh huh. There is like a there's one hundred percent like a, a destined to be canceled CW show and like about a guy who just like radically changes his profession. Like the pretender. Year. Well no, that's yeah, I different. know. Yeah, I know. But, but yeah. like isn't there one that just got canceled called No Tomorrow? I mean, anyway, um yeah, so he's What's chopping that? away. I was gonna say the whole life sentencing that's slightly different, but whatever, go on. Well, like I think it's it's kind of really that's what I thought of when I heard that she got that pilot. Um, so he's chopping away at something. Ari's like standing by his table watching him. She likes to and she's watch like, a man work with his hands. Yeah. <laughs> well, did she really get that with Ezra? Other than when he's making pie and like hollowing out pumpkins? I mean, well, there is the uh, type is boring. What was the dish they were making with the dreaded chickpeas? Oh, uh, tiramisu. Not tiramisu. No. Um, Something Tarjean. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, this is it's what like we need Brian Holt just to step in. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. You have this all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> if I may, gentlemen, I just I can't bear to listen to this any further. Um, Your showgirl's lore is completely incorrect. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I just can't tell you how surreal that was. It was so awesome. <laughs> um, that's sorry. Is like so. Yeah. So when did she come up? Is it just Brian Holdman on the bingo? It's casually name drop Brian Holdman. Well, he should come up in every episode, yeah. I think. Um, if, I was, if I could wear a shirt with his face on it while we podcast, I would. Anyway, so Arya's like, so when did she come up with this? And Holden's like, she's a bride. They're allowed to change their mind ten times a day, which I feel like is repeated from the brochure for this business. And Arya's like, <laughs> so how many guests? front of the brochure. You're a bride. Yeah. You're allowed to change your minds ten times a day. Well, you know, the company is serious because there's a picture of Holden wearing a backwards cap on the brochure. I think it's got to um, be with two thumbs up, too. <laughs> is he like, is he like cooking while DJing in the photo? <laughs> <laughs> He's got the uh, like one hand holding half the ear, uh, the earphones up. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's oh, he's like spinning the wedding cake like it's a turntable. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. People are like, get your fucking hands. We out need of my to go start our own wedding business now. Just the two of us, though. We provide the chef slash DJ. Yeah. <laughs> also, we're going to show you the water fountain because mm -hmm. nobody has to make hard decisions about water. Also, just speaking of all this, pour one out for Noel Khan. You know this is what he, what he wanted in his life. Just well, you think that's why Holden's, Holden's like, finally, Khan is dead. The <laughs> DJ game in Rosewood has opened up. Well, and the party planner uh, game. Well, I kind of wonder if some of these scenes, like if you couldn't get Holden, could this have been Noel Khan? No, 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 like Mike Montgomery. Um, like some of the maybe. stuff in this episode. I don't know if Arya would be able to really have a heart to heart about Ezra that much with Mike Montgomery. I mean, maybe it, it, the tone would be a little different because it's her yeah. brother. Yeah, but I mean, also, could you do that without Mike Montgomery being like, "So what's Mona up to?" Yeah, hey, you talked to Mona lately. 
she should, uh, do you think you could just like let her know I'm in town? Yeah. And can you also tell her this for me? And he just starts like flexing. Mm-hmm. Or he's like, I can. Um, so <laughs> Arya says, so how many guests? And he takes one of those like, ooh boy kind of breaths. And he's like, well, tomorrow night's rehearsal. Dinner for 20 is now feast for 40. They're multiplying like rabbits. And so shocker of all shockers, Arya says, okay, well, what can I do to help? Well, I think she she just needs some mindless work to distract her right now, you know? Yeah. And he's like, no, you're not here to help me. You're supposed to be working on your menu. And she's like, you need help. And he's like, no, I don't. Yes, I do. How are you to bully? Bulger's over there. Parsley's done. Tomatoes just need to be chopped. Can I trust you with a knife? And he holds up this giant kitchen knife. And she's like, well, not that one. It's bigger than me, which. But not as sharp. I love her. Her reading of that so he gets her another one hands it to her and he's like all right i just love this. Arya with a knife in her hand yes well flashback to that lucy hale at the beginning of scream four yes absolutely yeah um so she so goes in uh put on gonna, an apron yeah she's gonna get an apron she takes off her ring first but because she's Arya, she has to spend a significant amount of time just pondering the ring before she takes it off making sure holden notices her pondering and then she finally takes the ring off puts it on a shelf starts washing her hands and at now you at home you might be thinking at this point in the episode like oh shit she's gonna lose the ring delicious nope not gonna happen doesn't pay off at all yeah but i mean it's like it's so much focus on this ring it's like oh what's gonna happen with the ring nothing i have never i have never had the privilege of having a person in my life who telegraphs their own thoughts Mm -hmm. in such a blatantly vaudevillian way it's already Like, let me just stare at the ring for a minute. Okay, I'm going to do this thing. Just, but I just want to make sure you know the subtext of this whole thing is my marriage drama. Yeah. Also, um, in the background, it kind of sounds like Don Henley's Boys of Summer is playing. I don't think it is, but it sounds like it. You think uh, um, Holden's like, before we start, I need Henley's greatest hits mm-hmm. on the loop. Otherwise, I just can't work. I always think when I watch TV shows, like, what if there was no limit on like the budget or the rights or whatever for music because like, i always feel bummed out with like any tv show not just pll you know they've got to like want certain songs and they just can't get them oh the worst is um there was a show i liked and i really liked uh, a certain song they used and years later i, I bought different the song. episode or whatever <laughs> on itunes yeah and it's like a much worse song because they didn't have the rights or yeah, whatever and it just killed me um, so Ari puts on the apron, you know, comes to the other side of the table to get to work, get started. Uh, oh, Holden's asked, Ezra's still in New York? And she says, yeah, his family found a small apartment for him near the clinic. Or what her the fuck? Family. What? Uh, How? Yeah. Who does this? They, they rented him an apartment? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's also... That's too far in a way. I mean, I don't it know. Is. I mean, I get I get the sympathy, the sympathy for Nicole, but like that's kind of playing into the wrong message. I, I mm-hmm. feel for Arya here. I really do. Especially since Ezra, the writer, not super communicative. That's that's he has dropped his entire life to be with her, not telling her the entire time he's engaged. That's a I mean, I understand it's he's in a weird spot. Like how the fuck do you even deal with a weird situation like that? But he's definitely sending all the signals to nicole that things are still fine and like you know they're still a couple or or he still is interested in you know rekindling that well so do you think 
Do you think at some point, like, she gets out of the hospital and he walks in and he sees her bag and he's like, what's this? And she's like, Ezra, Ezra. I didn't know where we stood. He's just like, dummy. And he like, picks yeah. up her bag and walks over there. I mean, I could see him not, like, resisting communicating with Arya, even though it's an asshole move. But I feel like if he's in that place, he should be doing it with Nicole as well and just being like, I need to, like, run away from this situation for a while. Until things settle down, like the fact that he's with like Nicole he needs the whole to, time. He needs to go like on a, a cruise in Thailand with Peter Hastings, just to, <laughs> just to go on a a victory cruise. Yeah, Nicole's <laughs> back. Let's go on a victory cruise, Peter Hastings. My favorite line from the new season of Veep is uh, when Richard Splat, the way he delivers it, that a certain guy can't give you the private jet because he's taking it on a fuck trip. <laughs> it's weird that his assistant told me that so blatantly. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, Holden's just like sweet, and Arya's like, yeah, sweet. Totally disgusted <laughs> by it. He's rolling some meatballs, and Arya says, "Can I just say one more thing that's really bugging me? Say all the things, Arya." And he says, "Besides mm-hmm. the fact that she can't say Nicole's name," and Arya says, "I can. I just don't really like to." And he says, "So what else bugs you besides her name and a jackass reporter who didn't do his homework?" And Arya says, "I mean, where did he even read that?" Did Ezra propose to her first? And he's like, you wrote a book with the guy. You've known him forever. Why would he keep that a secret? Don't you think he would have told you? <laughs> Do you even know who Ezra is? Is Holden just playing the like Emily Devil's Advocate? I think Holden doesn't realize, like, he doesn't know that Ezra's a scumbag. Obviously, well, he should know because Ezra dated her as a student. So okay, yes, scratch yes. that. Holden was yeah. directly involved in that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he doesn't know about the book, granted, but he he knows how this relationship began. So Holden's I don't like, know what his excuse is. Holden's like, it's been five years since I've seen this girl. Why don't we pick up right where we left off of me enabling her? Yeah. <laughs> and Ari's like, well, why would he? She was gone. And he says, well, I don't see why it matters now. You've got the ring. Ari uh-huh. says, so why does he keep putting it off? She still doesn't know that we're engaged. And he says, is Ezra the only person you've ever ever told he loved you? And Ari's like, what? And Holden says, in all these years, was there anyone else in college, after college, when he moved to Boston? She says, well, yeah, but what does that have to do with this? And he says, have you shared that with Ezra? And she says, that's totally different. He says, why? Everyone's got history. Just because you met him when you were in 11th grade doesn't mean he's frozen in amber. I don't think Arya appreciated that mention of like how the relationship started there. Yeah. And he says, hey, I'm not the same person I was in high school. Are you? Only you know. She doesn't answer. She only considers. I mean, if there's a theme to this episode. I think the answer to that question for all these girls is yes. They are the same person they were in high school because that's like the only way their behavior really makes sense. Yeah. Um. It's just interesting because Holden is playing devil's advocate for the actual devil here. But like he's making points. He's making weird points. Um, this is not the hill to have your like heart explode upon Holden. Holden, he goes in some weird directions where it's just like, oh, he's going to give her some good solid advice. Hmm. I don't know about that advice. <laughs> yeah. Not the way I would have gone. Well, and, and it's one of those things, too, where I feel like there was discussions and then there was dialogue written based on those discussions but the dialogue is not necessarily clear of the situation so like Ezra's postponed the wedding the mm-hmm. wedding which which in the text of the show was going to be an elopement 
Yeah, yeah. And then there was no there was no date or anything. Hannah and Arya were just like sh- it's not like it's not like this is a set fact in time that's approaching. They haven't sent know? out but, like, invitations now, or anything. Yeah. Yeah, but so like now apparently, I guess she's just taking it by the fact that he's taken up residence in New York to be near her. Not a great. Sign. That means he's postponed it. But it's like. The idea that Ezra's postponed the wedding isn't the first thing that came to my mind when I heard that Ezra Nicole's family got Ezra an apartment. Um, I don't know. Well, because um, they don't they don't have a date. How can you postpone a wedding where you don't have a date? But yeah, right. But it's it's like right back in the like Nolcon push a girl down the stairs in a dream situation where like we missed a scene. Yeah, somewhere, this, yeah. This off, yeah, this off this off scene that you didn't see detail from years mm-hmm. ago. That's that's fact. Um, so again, back to the Rosewood High storyline. Emily is now holding, I guess, Paige's phone, looking at a picture of her caressing Allison's face. This is in the uh, faculty lounge. And Emily's like, you've got to be joking. I mean, this kid's out of control. Um, so Emily and Paige are having this talk. They're all alone. Emily stands up. She's ready to move. Well, Emily like, practically like back throws it. that phone back at Paige. She just like roughly shoves it down that area. Yeah. Um, and Emily, or Paige is like, Emily, wait, before you do, Emily's like, no, why wait? The girl's a snake. She needs to be kicked off the team. And Paige's like, I agree, but she is dangerous. Also, Emily, Emily I'm your her, boss. Yeah. So, so <laughs> light, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I may not have an office, but God damn it, sit down. Yeah. Emily makes like the sourest of faces. And Emily's like, you know, actually, a side note. It would make sense for Paige not to have an office since this is a, a brand new position. I guess so, yeah. So Paige's like, I agree, but she's dangerous. Emily makes that the most sour of faces. And Emily's like, why? Because she snapped a pic of me taking care of a friend? Hacken knows what else I've been through. Everyone in town does. <laughs> no one's going to let her subvert a hug into... Paige's like, it's not about that picture. She accused you of hitting on her. And Emily's like, oh my god. Paige's like, and others. And I was like, well, who's going to believe that? Paige says, it's your word against her. And if she strong arms any of her other teammates and files a formal complaint, Emily's like, okay, I'll let Hack handle this. Yeah. I mean, if I confront the kid, it'll it'll be worse. Like, I do have something to hide. And if you challenge her, then she'll turn you into a predator too. So Emily, like, so currently satisfied that this is how it's going to go. But, like, Paige stands her ground. And she's like, I don't think so. She doesn't have any pictures of me. Oh, shit. Paige went there. Yeah, and Emily just stops, like, what the fuck? What the what is that supposed to mean? And Paige's like, uh, maybe, I'm just saying, maybe cool with all the PDAs when you're at work, Emily. Well, like caressing people's faces, like, come on. A hug is a hug. Like the hug and sway, I mean, that's weird. But uh, face caressing? From Paige's point of view, too, this was like earlier in the day, Emily was getting a little fresh with her, like putting her hand on on Paige's hand and whatnot. And then she sees this picture. She's got to be thinking, like, what the fuck, Emily? Like, what is wrong with you? Keep it in your pants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I'm just saying you need to be careful. Allison brings her drama to school, and it's easy to get sucked in. Ooh. And I was like, okay, this has nothing to do with Allison. This is about a vile brat who's determined to get an adult that dare discipline her. She's a bully, which is what Emily's whole thing is about. She's reacting against being bullied. Even though she's I'm kind of surprised. Right yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they didn't find a way to work in like, like Emily's like dollhouse PTSD flashbacks. Um, Paige is like, I won't let her get away with this. And Emily's like, how do you plan to stop her? So Paige says, let me supervise practice today. You take the night off. I'll talk to some of the other teammates and put out any fires before they spread. 
And in her head, Emily's already thinking like, well, I'll go pick up some wine and like ravioli for Allison and I. Only mm-hmm. Allison will have the wine. Maybe she will. Yeah, she's disgusted, but she's going to let Paige do her way. It only took like two days for Emily to take the night off work. Nice job, yeah. Emily. Yeah, yeah. She's called that sick already. Hey, Paige, cover for me. Mm-hmm. So then we're going to go over to the police station. See, Marco's there. He's pulling a piece of paper out of his printer. He's at his desk talking to Spencer. And he says, they, sorry, go ahead. Was the angle of their of his desk and where they're talking all that, is it com- the complete reverse of the previous episode? I have no idea. Okay. I don't think so, but I don't know. Maybe he moved his desk. Anyway, he says uh, she checked into this motel last Tuesday. She didn't sign in under Mary Drake, but matches the character description. Spencer says, did you talk to anybody? Any idea where she was headed? And Marcus says, no, there's a lead out of Scranton. Two Mary Drakes listed as permanent residents. She's like, well, do you have any photos? And he says, well, they both appear to have been born before 1950. Nice lead, Sparky. Yeah, not much of a lead. Spencer just sighs and she kind of studies this tip that Marco printed out. She's lost in thought. And he says, hey, you sure you really want to do this? You've seen some gruesome stuff, Spencer. And this person could have been the one who pulled the trigger. And Spencer says she, she wasn't. She, I don't see her that way anymore. And he just kind of nods. He says, he says this personal uh, referring to Mary Drake. Yeah. He just nods accepting this for now. Why is a cop helping Spencer find her birth mom when uh, Mary Drake is a suspect in multiple criminal investigations right now? I'd, I'd like to think that he is... I don't want to say using necessarily, but this is convenient for him to get additional information and see what Spencer can provide. But I would hope that he's got his eye on the prize right now, which is that Mary Drake is a person of interest. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's a person of interest, but like, I don't know. Uh, two birds, one stone. He should be looking for her anyway. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny that like, he suddenly have like new intel to brief since Spencer brought it up. Cause then it just really makes his whole police operation look pretty shitty. Um, like he had to get marching orders from the chief here. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, anyway, so he says, where did you find it in the house? The letter, your parents hung onto it. They might still know where to contact her. Spencer's really working on how exactly she's going to like spin this one. But then she's saved by those haunting tap, tap, taps. Echoing through the halls as Jenna thing taps in in slow motion, just he's like boom, boom of her, uh, of her cane there as she comes in. Spencer and Marco both stand up, they censor her arrival, and they're in the doorway in the office. Holy shit, it's Jenna thing, she's back. And Jenna says, Detective Fury, I believe you're looking for me. I'm, J-. and he's like, I know who you are. Where the fuck have you been? <laughs> and she's really like playing up like the fragile act here herself and she's like hiding but i can't do that anymore i need to tell somebody the truth and he says we're not alone now right now miss marshall well so she gives him a look and i was kind of wondering about this is is he giving her the look like hey trust me on this or is he like avoiding her judging gaze no he he kind of weighs his hand a little like i feel like it's it's like a just you know go with it kind of a a wave yeah uh she Spencer's a little annoyed that she's been identified, but of course Jenna says, "I know, I can hear her breathe." Mm-hmm. Of course she can. Jenna bought nine thousand, amazing hearing mm-hmm. and smell. Of course, uh, Spencer's glaring daggers at Jenna, and Jenna's just like, "Hello, Spencer." 
the look that she turns on Jenna that Troyan gives her. It's cold-blooded, it's deadly, it's sexy, it's mean, it's pregnant with ill intent and rotten history. It might be the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, like right now, Spencer is just sending these like waves of hatred at Jenna, and Marco is stuck watching all this insane like psychic energy passing between the two of them. Just like, holy shit, what's going Mm -hmm. on here? (laughs) This is intense. Well, this is this is when I want Tanner just to walk in with a cup of coffee and like elbow him and be like, it's days like this. I love being a detective. (laughs) So after the commercial, Jenna taps her way into the office. Marco's still standing up. He's very alert. It almost looks like he's going to reach for his gun at any second here. Uh, Spencer's (laughs) just glaring hatred. And Jenna says, are you sure he's dead? Which just she's asking this about a guy who was decapitated. I love that. She's like, I want her to be like, if you tried removing his head and putting a stick of wood in his heart, I'm just saying. She's like, are you sure he's dead? And Marco's like, well, he was decapitated. And she's like, but are you sure he's dead? <laughs> yeah. And he says, if you're referring to Noel Khan, yes. But if you'd like to make a statement, Jenna, I'd recommend you. And she cuts him off and says, he wasn't just out to get you and your friends, Spencer. He wanted to kill me, too. Spencer has already had enough of this bullshit. She stands up. She's like, I, and Marco kind of holds up her hand, like chill for a second. He's got a suspect talking without a lawyer right now. He wants to see where this goes. And Jenna says, Sarah Harvey was first. I was next. What? Oh, poor Sarah. And Marco says, what do you know about Sarah Harvey's death? And Jenna says, there were no accidents with Noel. He was a sociopath. He knew exactly how to trap you. Kind of like laughs bitterly and she says, he kept telling me that some of the money that Charlotte left behind was mine. She promised to pay for another surgery for my eyes. So he recruited me for that treasure hunt because he thought I had the answers. He only wanted the money for himself. And Marco's like, why would he need the money? Like his parents and Jenna says, they cut him off. And there's like several cuts to Spencer during this whole sequence, just looking more and more disgusted with Jenna's lies here. Mm -hmm. She's just repulsed. And then Jenna says, sorry, go ahead. So Jenna says, Noel's broke. He wasn't going to share with anyone. So he lured me into my old school so they could get rid of me too. I had to play along and act like I was his partner. And Marco's like, are you implying that he put that gun in your hand? And she's like, no, I brought it to protect myself. But everything I said to you and your friend Spencer was for Noel's benefit. So, so I could uh, make it out alive. Spencer's like, oh my God, you're so full of, and Marco's like, you don't need to comment on this. So Spencer sighs deep. So, story is obviously like convenient bullshit. And so uh, Marco co- like uh, conveys to the detective in the, or the police officer in the other room. Hey, Kevin. And then, uh, and then Marco his- Sparks comes in his pants because the cop with glasses finally has a name. We need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, Kevin Big Spectacles. Sergeant Kevin Big Spectacles like walks in and like comes and like gets Jenna like, you know, takes her out. Or he's about to get out. Marco's like, uh, could you take Mr. Marshall to the conference room? So he leads her by the arm. Um, and Fury like leans in close as she goes by. And he's just like, I'll join you shortly. So Jenna leaves. And as soon as the door shuts, Spencer just unloads on Detective Fury. And she's just like, do you want to see a real sociopath? Because you have one walking into your conference room right now. And he's like, got one of my ops too. And he <laughs> says, uh, Spencer, that bolt that hit you did not match the gun that Jenna was holding. We have plenty of evidence that will support her assessment of Noel Kahn. So she comes around again, in his face, just outraged. And she's like, she is worse than he is. You have to lock her up right now. So he stops her again with a hand on the, on 
the good shoulder, and he's like, we cannot charge her of anything formally yet. So she's like panting, she's furious, she can't believe the fucking cops in this fucking town. And he's like, unless there's something you're not telling me. And she's like, um, you know, hmm. Anyway. Yeah, um, it's she stares at him, kind of surprised, like searching his face for a clue, but uh, nothing coming up, apparently. I mean, legally speaking, this is bullshit, right? You can't just threaten someone with a gun in like a crazy death trap house and then later say you were coerced with no proof to back it up. I would think the fact that there's potentially five eyewitnesses to that. Yeah. Granted, it's those five eyewitnesses. At first, when I when I was watching this, that last line made me think of the the original Jenna thing incident. But Uh I guess her mind is on the game board right now is like the, the detail she's holding back. Although that doesn't really have anything to do with Jenna or I mean, they think it does, but I just think any trial that now happens in Rosewood, they have to do that thing. Like you're trying another town, right? Because like the whole town against you? you. Yeah. Well, cause how, yeah. How could you be a local following the news and not have formed some kind of opinion about these, this coven of nightmare people? Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, cut to Lucas's loft. Uh, Hannah's wearing the dress now, looking at herself in full-length mirror on the phone of her old boss's assistant, and she's just like, "Hello, is anyone there?" And we hear the assistant kind of like, "Hello, may I help you?" Hannah's like, "I'm still holding for Claudia." And she like stretches out like the skirt part of the dress, gives it a stink eye. The assistant's like, "May I have your name, please?" And Hannah's like, "I've left three messages." Huge eye roll. Hannah Marin. Oh, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that, please? Marin, look, you're sitting at my old desk. She doesn't want to talk to me then. Click. Click. <laughs> they hung up on Hannah. And Hannah's like, hello. Obviously, no one's there. So she hangs up with a sigh. But before she can go back to praising her dress here, her phone beeps again. And it's a text from Spencer. It says, Jenna's back. Telling the cops she was Noel's victim with two exclamation marks. Uh, so you know it's serious. Uh, I mean, Spencer maximum chill right now obviously uh huge hannah face from hannah marin there and then we kind of like there's like a j cut here where like aria speaks over the cut and we hear aria say how could she just walk in there and we cut to that kitchen at holden's where spencer is showing up uh to talk to aria aria is like making some like mushroom poofs or something holden poofs. nowhere to be seen yeah i gotta get in that poof Nice move by Holden, Holden uh, leaving Arya to be stuck making all the hors d'oeuvres here. Like, Holden had to, like, go pick something up. He doesn't send Arya to do that. He goes himself and has her make the food. Nice move. I would love to see any endeavor that Arya can do. I would love to pick her brain. I'd love to just watch her do her Arya thing. When it comes to my business and I'm on a deadline, maybe I don't leave and, like, leave her in charge. <laughs> You gonna leave Ari in the kitchen, or are you gonna send her to go pick up some mushrooms? Yeah, I guess he's just like, God, I hate making these mushroom poos. Have fun doing this, Aria. (laughs) He's like, again, chef, three months now. (laughs) Yeah. So Spencer says, "I'll tell you how, because she has balls the size of church bells." I don't know. Aria's like, okay, well, I need that image. If. She actually did have balls the size of church bells. She couldn't A walk. would steal them. A would, yeah, A would steal them and then pin it on Caleb's Uncle Daddy. And then melt down the bronze and uh, sell it on the like the gray market. Yeah. Those are hot church balls. Yeah. <laughs> so Spencer says, why didn't you just ask who was shooting off the second gun? 
And Ari says, I'm sure he will, but he couldn't do that in front of you. And Spencer sighs. And she grabs one of the mushroom poos and she says, do you know how hard it was not to tell him about that freaking game? And she's munching on an hors d'oeuvre. And Ari says, why are we even down there at the precinct? But Spencer's just lost in like Amish mushroom bliss right now. She says, these are really good. And Ari's like, okay, stop eating those. And she swats Spencer's hand away. But then she like gets this kind of belatedly scared look on her face that she just slapped at uh, Spencer's hand. It's like classic Aria moment. And she picks and up kiss. the tray and uh, takes it away from just pure id Spencer here and like puts it on the other table. Ari says, Bolton had to drive all the way to Amish country to get these mushrooms. Spencer's like, yeah, where is he? And Ari's like, tomato uh, run. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. He, he'll be back soon, so talk fast. <laughs> Ari and her like, nor talk. Talk fast. Uh, but, but I want to pause real quick. The last time Spencer was like in like an industrialized kitchen like this was of Alex. Like just fl- like take a nostalgic moment flashback on the podcast when we Fucking like debated the sexualized nature of Spencer dancing in that kitchen with Alex. And like, why can't she dance with Aria like that? Anyway, so Aria's like, why were you in Fury's office? And Spencer's well, like, because I think it's it's interesting that Aria did not let Spencer like bogarting the mushroom puffs distract her from her question here she's right back on it like why were you in that office well because our well first all right like you said would love to be distracted from her shit but also whenever spencer is distracted and needs to drop the baton she's got her lieutenants who are like mm-hmm. ready to jump in and Arya loves she loves not just like mysteries but she loves being the one who's just like you, like you want it done right do it yourself she loves that 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 mystery angle um, Spencer says, because he's helping me find her, Mary. And Arya's like, are you sure that's a good idea? And of course she comes to Arya because Arya was the only one in the opening of this episode who was like sympathetic to Spencer's cause, the playing the game. Also the only real one. True. Why would you go to a figment of your imagination for help? Spencer said nothing. And Arya's like, I mean, if you saw her again, what are you going to say? Spencer says, I'm not sure. I guess... Um, I'm still trying to figure out things about me that have never made sense. It might make sense if I could just get to know her, you know, not as someone to fear, but to forgive. And Arya, Arya Spencer, huh? Yeah, just a, a pitying face here before looking off like, bitch, is this really the time? Whatever. Have you read any of that? Um, I don't remember the name of the publication, but the, the interview that Troy did, like, specifically on her own in, like, promotion for the new season? I think so there's been so many lately uh, but i think i know what you're talking about yeah it's it's interesting especially with this storyline um and like the way the stuff of mary reflects on spencer's own you know time and radley or the the things about her that have never made sense to her and like troy and talked about her own battles like mental illness and like like how important getting help and just loving yourself is and it's it's I don't know. I just I couldn't help but thinking about that as like I was going through the notes on this. It's it's interesting. Um, what do you what do you think's going on, with Spencer? Here, the mushroom pus needing to forgive Mary. Is this just usual Spencer mania? Well, I don't I don't know if the two are related. <laughs> Is she just high on Norco right now? I don't like think she, there's like a JFK thing where we can tie the mushroom puffs to uh, or the oh, poofs oh, to I can. Mary. Oh, I okay. can. Yeah, get the, get get the blackboard out because the real Spencer is allergic to mushrooms, but Twincer is not. And where is that chapter and verse? Where is that located in the show? I just made it up. 
Okay. I just, this is, let me just pitch you my theory right now. They're at the Ezreal wedding and Spencer is offered a mushroom poof. And she's like, oh, I can't eat those. I'm allergic. And Ari's like, oh, shit. The mushroom poofs are going to come up again. Like this episode, if it accomplishes one thing, it's like, remember the mushroom poofs. We keep bringing them up. Holden's going to come back and be like, oh, I see you ate some mushrooms. Like, why is that detail in there over and over again? Unless it's going to be important. I don't know. I feel like this is a setup or something. It's just like hiding in plain sight right now. The mushroom poofs. Yes. Like, it's such a random detail to bring up. You're not exactly theorizing there, though. Am I not exactly theorizing? You're not exactly theorizing. I feel like it's kind of a theory. I'm just saying, like, I want the all too crucial mushroom poops episode. Let me craft some stories around it to make it worthwhile. Give me, give me a, like an Allison mini me and some Emily drama with Paige at the high school. I will, I will wrap it all around this like a mushroom poof. I'm just saying it, it's brought up way too many times. Hmm. That's, that's my theory. Run with that theory. So, okay. And you think this directly ties into twin surf? Well, the, the way you would pay it off is that at some later point, Spencer can't eat mushroom poos. And you're like, wait a minute. Before she ate the mushrooms, now she can't. Like, what's going on here? Are there more than one of her? Or what if it's even more mundane where it's like Twincer says poofs and like Spencer says puffs. Mm. It's like, oh, shit. Now you're just mocking me. Like data and lore and like the contractions. Hmm. Um, hey, just you heard it here for us. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I, I'll tell you this though. I don't know how I feel about your crazy half theory. Like, I definitely think we'll reference this conversation in the future. Okay. You heard this here first, folks. Um, bookmark this tab. Um, so meanwhile, Emily's waiting in line at the brew on the phone with Hannah. And I was like, I tried calling Spence. She won't pick up today. Hannah off screen's like, no one's taking my calls today. So we cover to Hannah's law. She's still in the dress. Was sitting on the couch now with her feet on the cushions. Hannah's on the couch with her bare feet on the cushions. She's just like, fuck your couch, Lucas. Fuck your couch. Yeah. And she says, wait, so who is hiding Jenna? Sydney, what's her face? I like how they can't remember her last name. Well, like, I would love for this to become her new, like, hashtag name. Sydney, what's her face? I'm trying to think of Sydney's actual last name right now, and I'm drawing a blank. Driscoll. Driscoll, yes. Fuck your couch, Lucas. And uh, Hannah says, what What uh, was she at the station too? And Emily says, I got the same text as you, Hannah. It didn't come with footnotes. And Hannah's like, don't bite me. I was just asking. Emily's like, look, I'm sorry. Today has been the seventh circle of hell. And it just keeps getting. And she stops because tap, tap, tap. Emma, Emily looks behind her, does a double take because there's the fucking Jenna thing. Tapping in with two random blind people flanking her because she's got like a blind posse now. The uh, the future's so bright, I gotta wear shades, posse. Yeah, and uh, off screen we hear her say, "Emily, Emily, there." Jenna walks right by, like just behind Emily, and Emily barely lowers her voice here. Like, there's no way Jenna didn't hear this, and Emily's just like, "Yes," and so is Jenna with bookends. I'll call you back, and she hangs up. Leaving Hannah just like scoff and roll her eyes at this dismissal. So Emily is watching Jenna. Jenna like holds her phone up to her face like one of those annoying people on reality TV shows. And she says, send. And then Jenna walks out. So mysterious. Mm -hmm. 
But wait, Emily hears a beep nearby from another phone. She peeks around the corner, and there's Addison Derringer chilling in the liar's nook. Addison checks her phone, and she kind of smiles deviously at herself. And you just see, like, Emily's rage meter go up another few notches right now. Do you this think, is interesting. Do you think Jenna's actually working with Addison? I know they were, like, on the Bustle podcast. They were, like, all in, like, confirmed, like, Jenna's working with Addison. I did not have that impression myself. I, I think it's just a weird coincidence. I think it's, like, observer bias. Emily, that, was, but, that, that was what I thought, yeah. But... I'm okay to it. I'm open to it. But I, I thought it was interesting because wasn't it actual episode two, the Jenna thing that ends yes. with like the cliffhanger of Jenna I was being just like, gonna mention that. send. <laughs> I was just going to mention that. She's like doing her like braille texting and Spencer sees her and it's like, oh shit, it's A, but like obviously it wasn't. It's just right. a coincidence. Yeah, that that's exactly what this reminded me of where it's Emily is uh, applying a causation and a you know a correlation where it doesn't necessarily apply right right um (laughs) i just but i feel like again because emily is loud and wants to be heard like i feel like jenna like this is her only move it's just like i'll just say send on a phantom text message just to fuck with emily um it's kind of interesting i feel like ari and spencer are the ones who in particular want to remain silent and thus hidden in the presence of Jenna initially always because she's the phantom of their guilt. But for some reason, Emily as the the fake embodiment of the persona of Spencer, like she wants to be out there. She wants to be in her face. She's the action model. It could just be that Emily is a bull in a China shop too. That's true. She's a little bit sensitive right now. She's a bully in a China shop. I mean, Um, Jenna was probably just like calling an Uber or something. As we'll see later. Yeah. I promise you, you'll recognize us. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the Hastings. Three blind mice. Come on. Yeah. Um, do we want a Hastings Center Theater of this? Sure. Do you want to be? Uh, I'll be Spencer. Okay. Do you, who were you last time? I don't know. Probably Veronica. Do you want to be Spencer? No, we can change it up. Um, yeah, Spencer comes in the back doors, moping in the living room just as Veronica is coming down the stairs. And Veronica's like, Oh, there you are. Excuse me. I thought maybe you decided not to come after. No, I was just with Arya. I'm ready. So Veronica's like picking up the bad vibes. The Spencer is just blasting and radiating, and she hesitates for a beat, kind of pained. Um, Spencer can't see her face, and she's facing away. And Spencer's doing a lot of that lately, having trouble looking her mom in the eye half the time. She picks up her, her mom picks up the purse and says, uh, Gil found over a blueprint. It's a nice place, but he said that the corner is loud, lots of traffic. So Spencer nods, still facing away, brooding. Um, Veronica says, maybe if I took the back room, we could put your desk outside my office. I won't be needing a desk. She finally stands and turns to face her mom. Uh, I promise you that I would help you get settled, and I will, but I'm going to be looking for other work. I have to. Very hard. So, yeah, Veronica's phone rings, checks it. If that's dad, just take it. I'll wait in the car. She tries to leave, but Veronica stops her. Uh, no, it's not your father. Spencer t- stops, turning back. Veronica puts the phone down. It's a, it's a realtor. Your dad and I have decided to sell this house. What? When? We figured the sooner the better. Severing ties to this town would be healthy for us all. Spencer seems overwhelmed, even though she's been giving her mom shit for the past few days about not being a real part of the family. I didn't tell you this morning because I, I, I knew that you were already hurting. I didn't want to compound. Sell it. Fine. 
do what's best for you guys. Just a house. No, it's not. It's our home. It's it's your home. It's the only home you've ever known. Well, it feels different now. And she's uh, back to not making eye contact again. Not to me. Spencer, it's not about walls and a roof and, and a staircase. It's about a family that lived here. Spencer is once again turned away. She's avoiding these emotions. A family that I've tried to hold together in spite of all the lies and losses and crap that life's thrown at us. My children made even the worst moments bearable. We got through them together, not because we had the same blood thrown through our veins, but because we're a family. All I ever want to do is to make you feel safe and nurtured and and loved. Spencer's hearing all this with her back to her mom, but it's it's kind of shot so we see Spencer's face in the foreground. We know that this is emotionally crushing right now, but she's she refuses to let Veronica see it. That's what made it a home for me. Spencer sniffles and wipes her eyes before composing herself, but she's not going to face her mom. She says, we should probably go. We're going to be late. And she walks off, leaving her poor mom to just feel like shit here. I mean, I don't know. It's harsh, Spencer. Veronica's pouring her heart here, and she's just like, eh. Well, but again, I, I this has to play itself out, because mind you, Spencer just got final confirmation on a 23-year-old lie. I guess, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this scene, this is a good scene. This scene, great scene. could have this... gone, yeah. This scene could have gone in the last episode. It just seems like like we're treading water a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, this might be the actual high point of the episode, not the whole shoe cobbler oh, thing. This, this, is, this is 100% the best stuff of this episode. Yeah. It's because it's part two to playtime, almost. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, I, I do like the Arya Holden stuff generally too. Um, just oh, the yeah, Hannah, yeah. the Hannah Emily stuff is just in this episode. Anyway, back to Holden's kitchen. Uh, he just got. I the- feel like I feel like Hannah and Emily have been like dealt out like the weird C Arya plot. <laughs> well, and they're both just like, I don't want to do this. Like that's their plot line, which yeah. is uh, not like there's no entry to that story. You know, basically. The- anyway. Yeah, anyway, the Hannah, the Hannah, the big Hannah moment. Anyway, so back to Holden's kitchen. He just got back. He's scoping out the mushroom puffs while Arya takes her off her apron behind him. And he's like, You must have been hungry. So he Does Arya the... even have a job anymore? Well, no, here's my question for you. When, spoiler, Spencer will talk about a, a job she will not take, you know, or she actually just talked about that. Um, like, have they been back to their apartments in their respective cities? Like, I don't know where the fuck Emily was living, but like, that gives Spencer me had anxiety. Person had a place in DC. Arya had a place in Boston. Is Hannah... she still paying rent on it? Yeah. Did she yeah, move for shit? Well, just think about, okay, I'm not usually one of those guys, but think about the fucking dust, the mail. Have you, you ever thought had... you were going to, you thought you were going to be gone for a few days? You've been here for weeks. I, I don't know. Maybe this is just me. Have you ever had a dream where you like, in the dream you're living somewhere else and you suddenly feel anxiety because like oh shit i haven't been back there in forever you know like 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 i need to like take care of shit i don't know maybe i just just that. have you ever had that dream where like you've moved and it's like it compounds if you're like i gotta go to the dmv i gotta do this thing i gotta blah 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 nah so what did you dream about last night uh i can't remember but it was weird anyway yeah? nobody wants to hear us talk about dreams Holden okay. says, you must have been hungry because he's seen the missing poos. He looks maybe a little annoyed. Don't they want to hear about our dreams? No. 
Arya says, what? And Holden says, you don't think a chef counts as mushrooms? And then her phone beeps. Boom! So the <laughs> mushrooms, again. They really want us to remember those mushrooms. And Arya's I, like... I will make the argument that I think the mushrooms, though mentioned several times in this episode, probably equate to the same as baking a cake. But you know what? I hope you're right. Because you want it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Aria's phone is beeps and she says, oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to eat lunch. He says, no worries. You saved me today. And they just keep coming back to the fucking mushrooms. The Amish mushrooms. Aria checks her phone. He says, now I was going to offer you cash, but, and then on her phone, we see Aria got an extra alert. Reunited. Ezra Fitz reunited with Nicole. Does she have like a fucking Google alert set up for Ezra? Oh, an extra alert. Yeah. Yeah. She just yeah. gets a fucking notification. So she swipes it. It's an article about Ezra and Nicole, complete with like photos from before when they were, she was kidnapped. The two of them was a happy couple. Uh, the article doesn't say much. It's written by Dan Villabalobos. Um, oh. One of the PLL assistants there. One of the 25-ish guys, too. One of the way we nerd guys, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't say much. It's that like she was kidnapped and it was scary, blah, 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 whatever. So Holden says, if you're happy to be paid in fungus, or should I say fungi? Fungi. Arya's making all sorts of distress faces right now. She's scrolling through well, this article. Can we start a thing where Holden's name, kind of like uh, uh, Paolo on Lost, was takes a shit guy? Can Holden just be fun guy? <laughs> that seems a little insulting to me. He's a fun guy. Do you disagree? You don't think he's fun? Whatever. I don't, in the in the episode where Peter Hastings hires like a caterer, uh-huh. do you remember that episode? Apparently, he he uh, when he's talking to Spencer, she says, "I try to avoid avoid fungus." Uh, so there you go with your uh, Spencer doesn't eat fungus. Have you been like searching that up? No, somebody tweeted that at me. Just now? No, recently. Okay, I was gonna say like, are we doing this live? Are people listening? We have a live studio audience. Maybe they are. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Ari is making all sorts of distress faces as she scrolls through this article. Holden notices, of course. He's like, Arya, you okay? And she says, uh, no, I should get going. And she puts her phone down, turns around to get her engagement ring back because it didn't go anywhere. She puts it back on. Holden totally peeps that article about Ezra and Nicole on her phone. And Ari's like, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And he says, well, we never got around to discussing the menu for you and Ezra. And she's like, yeah, that's okay. Next time. She just grabs her phone and takes off. He watches her. Yeah. He watches her leave. He's concerned as, as concerned as he can be while wearing a backwards baseball cap. Because he also saw Victoria be like, Aria, go to another city and murder her. Yeah, that's not taffy in that bag. Uh, so. I feel like. What do you think it is? Like a bag with like a uh, like you can't quite see what it is, but you can't see like the LED clock counting down from five. No, I, four, I think she's got three. like piano wire in there or something. She's gonna strangle a bitch. Hmm. Arya wants the all those little personal little details when she kills someone. No, I think what it would be would be it's like a a beautiful like origami, let's say pig, and and Nicole turns around and she's like. What a weird, beautiful gift or whatever. And like that's when Arya, like standing behind her, like the demonic glint in her in her moonlit eye, pulls out the piano wire and like strangles Nicole. And then Nicole's like, Ezra. And then she <laughs> gets her last yeah. word. I was just thinking, 
whatever the garbage name of the kid in Twilight is, where like it's like the combination of two names. Ari and Ren Ezra and their Ari and Ezra and their like their like spinoff about their baby. That baby would totally be called Ezra. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um so over at the uh, Radley Lounge, Mona's at the bar of Hannah, showing off her latest finds. She's got like a small black clutch bedazzled like mass of sparkling rhinestones. And Mona's like, this blew my mind. How gorgeous. Tell me you don't want to lick this. Raising. <laughs> and it's like, wow, they just let you borrow it? And Mona says, don't look so, so surprised, hon. This is why you need me. I'm connected. Can I show you some awesome photos from this jewelry designer? She gets her phone out, but Hannah weighs her off and says, yeah, you know what? Just forward it to me. Caleb is waiting and we haven't eaten. So, and Mo says, okay, Caleb can wait. What about shoes? You and Catherine wear the same size. Can she borrow your little, she kind of points her shoes. You know, I'm really, um, I turned to a werewolf when I haven't eaten. You know that. I woke up at 12. I still haven't eaten. Let's go get some fucking food. I'm hungry. I need, I need Bud Light nachos now. I thought we were going to get some food and said we came to the hotel. This close to ordering assume, some sort of olive plate. I'm assuming Anna keeps coming here because she gets the drinks for free. <laughs> yeah, probably pretty much on her bill every time. She just writes, My mom works here. Ha 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 ha. ha. <laughs> My mom's your boss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Continue. <laughs> probably doesn't even tip. Yeah. So Mona gestures through her shoes and Han says, Yeah, I'm getting them fixed in Philly. I'll pick them up tomorrow. Mona's been kind of swiping on her phone. She turns it around to show Hannah a photo of some fancy earrings, just sighing in contentment. She says, look at these earrings. How great would this go with your collar? And Hannah offers kind of a genuine smile as she takes the phone and get a closer look at these earrings. And Mona says, he's got tons of this stuff. But then Mona looks off to the right and frowns because here comes Jonathan tap, tap, tapping into the lobby, wearing the exact same dress that Hannah created, only it's white instead of black. Oh, shit. And Hannah's like, what the hell? And Hannah turns to see this outrage. I'm curious, your personal preference, what version of this dress do you think looks better? Black. I got to go with white. Whoa. That's just me. Let's get some kind of uh, response from people. What, what is your favorite people? Yeah, yeah. White swan, black swan. Using your powers for good or for evil? Let's hear from you. Yeah, so Mona says, what is she doing in your design? How did she copy your dress? And then Jenna walks over. She's got like her blind Matrix posse with her. And Hannah's just in utter shock right now, witnessing all this. And Mona's just like, Hannah. And she snaps her fingers. Like, speak. Why did she have that? Hannah can't even talk. She's so horrified. Maximum Hannah face. Mm-hmm. Mona says, well, one of us is going to find out. And she kind of adjusts her blazer. And she's like, now, move. Well, like, okay, so let's talk for a second. Let's pause right yeah. here. Let's pause and talk about Hannah, or Mona. Let's talk about Mona, exactly. So my question has always been, we know that there's this like kaleidoscope of Monas. And we know, like, I feel like there's more truth in her comment, her off offhand comment to Emily, um, her self-deprecating remark and truth up about, like, that was several personalities ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like she cycles through these weird personalities and, like, is she just settling into the 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 current Mona? Who is this Mona? Like, you know she, what I mean? Like, she's setting off my radar right now. The uh, the snapping the fingers, the now move. She's mm-hmm. a little like she seemed very innocent in the last episode, but she's getting pretty snappy and bossy with Hannah right now. Like, 
not in an entirely friendly way. Like, is something to miss here? I don't know. I mean, like, for all your derision, like, you're aware of at least the concept of, like, Doctor Who. It's, like, multiple people who can play this role. And I feel like Mona does that, where she just, like, regenerates into a new personality. And it's, like, they're all... compared Mona to Doctor Who. Yeah, in your fucking face. Mm. Like, but, like, she's, like, the combination of all the previous Monas and, like, I don't know. Like, is, I'm, is this I'm Matt of, Smith? No, God, you don't know what you're talking about. But like, I'm no, kind of fascinated. Like, I'm kind of fascinated by like this iteration of Mona, the seven B Mona. Like, who is she? Like, how much of the A ness of her and all these things? I don't know. It's I found her whole affect. Like, is it is it the Hannah version of Mona? Like the new Mona with Hannah three point five or whatever? I don't know. Sorry. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, there's some theories floating around about this. Um, so she, Mona marches over to Jenna. She's on the warpath, and Hannah kind of reluctantly follows. And Mona says, yo, Jenna, it's Mona. Uh, you don't have to introduce me to your little posse. Just tell me what you, where you got the dress. And Jenna's just like, excuse me? And Mona says, the dress. Where did it come from? Jenna thinks going to play dumb. She kind of chuckles to herself. It's such an absurd question. She says, it was a gift. And Hannah says, from whom? And Mona crosses her arms and says, that was Hannah. This is me. Who gave you the dress? Jenna says, I'm sorry. I can't talk right now. We have an Uber waiting for us. I'm not socially conscious. Bye. I don't know how to download the Lyft app. <laughs> it keeps searching LIFT. ableist yeah. bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jenna taps off. Mona just scoffs at this bullshit. And Hannah rolls her eyes. It's like Hannah's kind of resigned to her suffering now. It's like she doesn't even want to put up a fight anymore. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. It's not, not a great place for character. Uh, well, Hannah's Mon- just like broken by the highs and the lows of the fucking dress drama. Yeah. This very serious dress drama. Why does it matter? Like, it's. I think uh, my take on it is, and I don't know if this is the the take that sticks by any means, but. She's, as Hannah does, she's rebuilding herself. Like, Hannah's the one who rebuilds herself. She she has the new version of herself. This is like, she got to exercise some of those demons from the, the cattle prodding and the barn and all that stuff with the Noel Khan situation. And she's trying to, like, define who the new Hannah is. Because Hannah's been this weird fashion person in the flash forward, the five years forward. And so I think she's like finally settled into maybe she has a future. This is her road out. Um, and then it's like suddenly is threatened by the past. I, I don't know. But why? I don't know. Like if, if they were all like going to the same event, like this is like an OC episode or something. They're all going to the gala. And oh, my God. The Cotillion isn't threatened. Yeah. Jenna's wearing the same dress as like the, the girl. She's gonna, like it would make more sense. You'd be like, oh, no, that'd be horrible. They're going to show up with the same dress. But this is just like, so what? <laughs> Who gives a story? shit? I never even heard of a cotillion before OC. Oh, see, I uh, I first heard of it on Young Americans. I'm I'm OG like that. Dawson's Creek spinoff. That's that's a deep, like mighty big TV television about pity cut too. Other than Jacob Clifton, that is the absolute best mighty big TV like you, uh, recap out there. Yeah, you lived for that show via the filter of that. I didn't even watch the show. The recaps were brilliant. Yeah. So what was the ending where like they they like pour the Gatorade thing over like the Dan Cortez like RA? 
I don't even remember it. There were lots of feathers. Wasn't Boone? It was on super that show? homoerotic. Boone was on that show. That's where Boone came from. Yeah. Because it's like a Dawson's Creek spinoff. I would. How Speaking much, how of much... Boone, is this not the fire and water of Pretty Little Liars right here? A little. Well. Eh, yeah. Maybe a little. I'm just maybe, saying... maybe there's some episodes, season six episodes that would rival it for that. Maybe. Oh, that'd be weird like thing of like trying to like map certain PLO episodes mm-hmm. onto lost episodes. Um I was just trying to picture like Addison Derringer falls up the stairs. Addison Derringer falls down the stairs. Um I don't remember what the fuck my original point was. I, I always say this though. For the for this show, for this episode that is not my favorite. I'm not gonna say top five like you mentioned before. I kind of love the whole thing where at least in the ashes of this storyline, Jenna shows up in the white hat version of the fucking dress. I, I do kind of think that's brilliant. Of the tools and like AD's arsenal, like I I, I thought that was wonderful. Like mm-hmm. having Jenna fuck with as many liars as possible in like such a simple way just works for me. Um, it can't be easy if you're AD, like moving your Jenna thing piece around on the chessboard. Because she's blind, <laughs> like she has to call. Well, but see, that's that's how you do it. Because obviously, without even potentially realizing about liar's lament, Mona's keyed onto it. Who gave you this dress? You know what I mean. Like yeah. even if you, if even if you said to Jenna, and I'm sorry, this is some really like anti sided shit or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, even if you said to Jenna, Hannah's really down on this dress. It's like this, this dress, whatever, is so important to her. I'm going to give you the same dress but a different color and have you wear it. It's like Jenna doesn't quite know what the fuck is what. She's just taking this on into account. I mean, she's like the tip of the spear. To put it in like a flash metaphor, she's become like the Caitlyn Snow right now. She'll do anything AD wants after reading the plan. Anyway. Killer Jenna Frost. Mona says, I thought the police were looking for her. What is she doing shuffling around in that instead of an orange jumpsuit? Well, obviously the cops are morons. Uh, Mona's very upset by all this. Her claws are coming out. Hannah just kind of sighs, rolling her eyes, and says, It's all part of the game. Mona's like, What game? Hannah doesn't say anything. And she's like, Hannah, what game are you talking about? Hannah is like, You know what? I can't do this right now. Later. And she just takes off, leaving Mona just like flap her arms, like, What the fuck? And I feel like this is this is one of these scenes that makes the episode feel flat. Like we're building to something. And then Hannah's just like, Eh, I can't even. And she takes off. Oh, it's like, you're dangerously close to Hannah being like, you know what, Mona? We're all just a bunch of pretty little liars. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really feel like with Hannah, especially, her character has been all over the place in this flash forward. Like, I, I, I can no longer predict how she's going to react to something Yeah. when I used to. Um, and it's like so much of the drama in her storyline could be solved with the just really basic communication with Mona. She has mm-hmm. no reason to keep the secret from Mona. Like, why don't you just tell her about the game board? And and what is so bad about Jenna wearing the dress? Like, it's just like fake drama is what it feels like right now. Well, I guess one of my questions for like, there's a lot of, you know, kind of like Lost. I would love to have like picked those guys' brain and be like, why? Why did you make this decision here? Which obviously like dovetailed into all these other decisions. Why? After the dollhouse, why have Hannah have this? experience where she's kidnapped by ad and the whole barn thing like why put her through that again why do we need extra trauma yeah 
Yeah, like, but why, why just her? Because you always have this beautiful symmetry of the four of them and the the, the mm-hmm. doubling. Where it's always like it's always like two, two well, and two or makes, something like that. It makes her all her? her actions unpredictable. It's like is this yeah. just because she got tortured again? Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, because now like sometimes you get liars like they'll get like their dollhouse flashback. With Hannah, you always get like now the barn flashback, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is it's very different um so anyways meanwhile at the dealer into his house emily's freaking out uh emily's like i i thought you had a spare key allison's with her and she's hey, like do you want, well, do, you want to do this up? one sure all right who do you want to be uh you tell me i'll be ali yeah you will okay i thought you had a spare key what's going on spencer's in philly for mom and i need to get into that barn why that nasty little mean girl in your class is a pawn, okay? Another Sydney deployed by Jenna to destroy me. I'm sorry. Another Sydney, what's her name, deployed by <laughs> Jenna to destroy me. Hold on. No, I need to see that board game. If AD is behind this and is threatening me to play that game, then I want some confirmation. Something. That's some sound logic, not. Like, how does Emily think A is controlling a, a sassy 15-year-old girl? Like, huh? I don't, I don't no feel like one. Allison can be controlled, yeah. No uh, one can control a sassy 15-year-old girl except for the Snapchats. So Ali says, M, I don't think it takes questions. It's not a Ouija board, but PS, PLL fans love Ouija 3. Is there a Ouija 3? I'd probably, eventually. Okay. Now it says, Addison Derringer <laughs> is making some very serious allegations about me being inappropriate. This is all about breaking me down, so I have to admit other things to hack it? Wait, what other things? I took a shortcut to get in my degree, okay? I, I missed the final exam, and, and AD took it for me. So you already played the game? No, it wasn't a game back then. Oh, it was just a different game. But I'm pretty sure that it was Jenna. Marshall was the master behind that one, too. Where is the damn key? She's really Spencer and Spen- uh, channeling Spencer here. Mm-hmm. Just going all in on a suspect. Damn the contradicting evidence. And Allie yeah. says, M, if you roll the dice again, you're basically taking all of us with you. I'm living proof. Once you invite the devil in, uh, a horde of little seeds starts to sprout. Emily's just like, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way to make it all about your pregnancy, Emily. And Allie kind of relents. She goes and gets a key from a rain dust behind her, and she holds it up. Emily tries to take it, but Allie pulls it back and says, you're not going doing this alone. And it's yeah. just like, it's just more idiot ball. Like, Emily, if you just chill out and discuss this with the group, like, it, this isn't time sensitive, really. Do you need to do this tonight? Can't you wait till the others get back? Eh. No. Yeah. No, she can't. So after the commercial, we see an uber black SUV pull up in front of a bail bonds place, downtown Philly. And then we see that Caleb and Hannah are watching from around the corner in his Rubicon Jeep there. And has like, I don't believe it. Tenerelli's in that building. So it's Tenerelli. Not Tamborelli. It's very confusing, yeah. But that's what it sounded like in the episode, right? Yeah, there's a sign on the door. You can see the spelling. It's Tenerelli. Okay. Yeah. So saying what Caleb would say, who's Tenerelli? <laughs> it's just like the cobbler. Like Caleb just knows his cobblers by name or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Lesser that known Tenerelli. Ba- lesser known Batman villain. <laughs> I hear he cobbles. Uh, Hannah says, the old man who's repairing my shoes. She's going to steal my shoes, too. She unbuckles her seatbelt. She's about to get out. Caleb 
puts an arm on her here. There's a hell of a lot of like dudes putting their arms on women in this episode. Did you notice that? Yeah. A lot of like stopping girls from moving places There's or pulling a lot them in of, directions. Like, okay, so obviously doing these notes, doing this format. There's a lot of like dialogue where one character is saying something and the other just constantly cuts them off. Yeah, it's like more uh, it, so than a usual PLO episode. It all adds up. Yeah, I feel like it just it creates a general vibe of frustration, I think. I just I don't know. I It's like the characters aren't communicating with each other at all. I mean, you can say this is all like the point or whatever, but it's not exactly entertaining to watch. It's not it's not a terrible episode. It's not a horrible script, but I almost feel like Oliver Goldstick was like, "What do you mean the script's due in an hour?" Okay. <laughs> I'll turn in something. Yeah. Um, so Caleb's just like, Anna, stop. Let me do this. And she's just like, do what? I don't need help ripping that dress off her back, which like that is a scene. Like if you put a scene like, in here, Hannah chasing blind Jenna, like around the block, trying to rip her clothes off. That's a scene you're going to remember. Also, Caleb's like, yeah, actually, let me help. I mean, just, you know, because. So we see Jenna, she taps right on by the cobbler. She leaves her like blind matrix minions to go into the building instead. And he's just like, she's not even going inside. Only they are. And he unbuckles his own seatbelt and says, you stay here. I'm going to handle Jenna. We need answers, not a brawl. And this should go about as well as all the other times Caleb's tried to like aggressively confront someone on Hannah's behalf, which is to say not well. So he gets out. He walks over to Jenna. Hannah watches from afar. Yeah, so Jenna's on the phone. Nice shot moving up her cane and the dress to her face. And on the phone, she says, um, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, maybe. I will. I, I will try, okay? She hangs up quickly. Like Her spidey sense is tingle. She's, she sends Caleb approaching behind her. Maybe she's smelled him. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenna's like, Hannah, is that you? And he's like, close. close. Guess again. Guess again. She turns on the face with this like nasty smirk, and she's like, "I don't have to." Her smell clings to you, and he's like, "What are you Sexy. doing here, Jenna?" Yeah, I'm meeting my friends to rehearse, and she's like, "He's like, rehearse for what? A concert in a shoe repair shop? <laughs> There's a studio on the top floor, and my friends are waiting." So, yeah, I saw your friends. They didn't have any instruments, unless they're the kind that be packing holsters. So unbeknownst to them, Hannah's like creeping into the building behind Caleb, unwilling to wait for answers. Jenna's like, Caleb, I suggest you back off. Mm, that's my suggestion. Who brought you back to Rosewood this time? Hey, can, I, can like, I cut in real quick? There's something about Caleb's delivery here that really reminds me of Cillian Murphy in The Dark Knight. Like his whole, okay. like, that's my suggestion. Like really reminds me of like, not my diagnosis. I don't know why, but like, that's who I think of when I think of Caleb now. Because he's a little bit arch, like he's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's something kind of goofy about the way he challenges her, like like the I see through you. I mean, this is a ridiculous encounter, people. Like the little comic booky, yeah. Yeah, you're in a street in your street corner in Philadelphia, like playing out the same comic book game that you guys have. So Jenna says, "Why do you assume I didn't come alone? Because you couldn't make a dress from a stone sketch without a little help." Which can I just again, say, you ableist asshole. You. I told you my product would take you places. I didn't say there'd be places you wanted to go. Tyler Blackburn would be an incredibly handsome scarecrow. Um, 
She gives him a bitchy smile, tries to walk past him. Are you he, implying something about Cillian Murphy here? Is he a Cillian or is he actually a Killian? I have no I idea. Actually, I think I, he's actually a Killian. Killian in like the I don't know Gallic pronunciation or whatever. Maybe he's not Killian in every role, but mm. um, but he grabs her cane to stop her, and he's like. You better think twice about why you came back to town, Jenna. I'll massage you to death. No, uh, the cops are already punching holes in that little bedtime story about you and no. That's She's a like, very pulpy line of dialogue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he puts on his fedora while he's delivering yeah. it. And she's like Toby line if there ever was one. The cops are already punching holes in that little bedtime story that you told about Noel. Well, if it was a Toby line, Jenna would respond with, take me now. Um, and Jenna's like, well, they shouldn't because the last time I checked, the only person who could contact that story was dead, which mm. is like only what you say when you're guilty. Um, she leaves Caleb to stew on this and ponder how an unprovable story is somehow the suspect's advantage in Rosewood. Like how the, like she can't prove her story and the cops are just like, sounds good. Yeah. Must have been how it went down. You have no proof. By the way, how impolite of me not to ask till now. What are you drinking? I've been um, alternating between just I went lighter this mm-hmm. time. Um, whatever was in my fridge, I had a couple shock tops and a couple blue moons, so I've been hitting those up. All right, all right. Trying to avoid that champagne hangover. Oh man, yeah. Two all, uh, all the sugar. The ma- like a Magnum champagne hangover. Mm-hmm. I no bueno. <laughs> I felt like I was twenty in a uh, mid thirties body mm-hmm. last Friday. It was gross. What about you? I have a uh, Sauvignon Blanc in a uh, California Bogle Vineyards. Anywho, wow, that's um, it's just research, man. Anywho, um, meanwhile upstairs, Hannah enters a darkened cobbler shop. I can't tell you how much I enjoy saying the words cobbler shop over and over again. I don't know why, but just cobbler shop. Say that it- yourself. It makes me think of the fact, wasn't there some fucking bullshit Adam Sandler movie called The Cobbler? Mm. Which made me think he of He might have like, been a cobbler. I don't know if it was called Cobbler, but. Made me think of the food. But um, I'm wondering if he's like something... homeless in New York because of 9 11 or something. Well, let's. let's. What is like realistically the last Adam Sandler that decent human beings have seen? You know what I mean? Like, there's like Wedding Singer, and I feel like there's like maybe one or two more. Punch after. Drunk Love. I don't know. Well, punch a glove. Yeah, that's I drew the line at uh, Big Daddy. I was, I was just like, kids, no, thank you. Never went to see it. Never saw Big Daddy, but there's like somewhere in there, it was like you were starting Isn't that to be kid like on uh, on Riverdale. Now is that the same kid or is that a different kid? No, that's not the sweet life oh, of Zach and Cody kid. Sorry, Cole Sprouse with his mom. Is it Cole Sprouse narrative? I don't know. It could be. Google that shit, oh. man. Big Daddy. I wonder what happens if I Google Big Daddy. It's kind of funny uh, uh, when we're talking about uh, uh, Noel Kahn and I'm Googling Big Daddy. Mm-hmm. Cole Sprouse. Yeah. It is Cole and Dylan Sprouse. Holy shit balls. And Dylan okay. Sprouse, played by twins. Yeah, well, of course. And they're mm-hmm. twins. It's kind of funny how the one got kind of fucked out of the. Uh, I don't know. Like, shouldn't they switch off with Jughead? Yeah, it's like the. Uh, what was Jose Canseco's brother? What was that dude's name? Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy Canseco, Dan McGuire. Yeah, you know, sometimes, well, say one of sometimes the, the other twin just doesn't get much. Like one of the Maori girls got screwed out of the twin thing after a while, too. But like, uh, whatever. I think I think basically one of the Sprouse 
did nude pictures and it was like it was official the other sprouse is gonna get the acting roles i also listened to that podcast yes which one two for pawn oh cool i think so i could be confusing if so uh, apologies uh also there was something that reminded me of where i also for just one got of the many... name of the podcast wrong but whatever <laughs> go on yes i think it's <laughs> two of a kind yeah cheers oh, to a pod um but like uh for one of his many uh uh down day lewis roles it was like he went and learned to do like old-fashioned cobbling <laughs> yeah he was like a cobbler was. for a couple of years yeah yeah <laughs> just the word Anywho. cobbler like peach cobbler yeah so the door creaks because of course this place is going to be creepy and weird and somehow like make show making scary so Hannah comes in and she's like, Mr. Tenerelli, are you here? She tries light switch. It does not Hannah, offer any illumination. Hannah keeps up with like Mr. Tamborelli way too long. Like after the yeah. entire shop is attacking her, she's still like Mr. Tamborelli or Tenerelli, whatever. Yeah, come on, Hannah. Well, like, especially if you're reading of like text, I don't want to be in this show anymore. Oh, look, mm-hmm. here I am in one of these scenes of the show. So she uh, tries a light switch, barely any illumination at all. She's wandering around looking for shoes. Mr. Tannarelli, are you in here? Obviously, he's not. She walks into like a caged off area that just has like the door open to it because, of course, she does. Like, this just feels very rote. Like, this is not a, a like a, a freezer death trap or like a mm-hmm. doll hospital menagerie. It's just a right. fucking shoe repair shop. I don't know. It just feels like we've been here too many times. And remember when these, when these girls were like, or like, Caleb and Spencer were almost cooked alive yeah. in a kiln. The kiln. And in the following episode, following episode, they were almost froze to death in an ice cream factory. And now it's just like, ooh, evil shoe repair shop. I don't know. Just like you put us in a mode of like, I don't want to be on this show type of thing. You know, I, I'm tired of these these a shenanigans. And then it's just like, oh, another one of these where she's gonna get scared and nothing really happens. I just, I don't know. I feel like it's the whole wrong tone for this episode. Mm. so anyway she climbs she goes into this like shoe cage she climbs up like trying to look into some like cubby holes or something for shoes and then suddenly thud lights go out mr chanarelli is that you and then gas because the cage door swings shut on her trapping her inside ho hum and then somehow we're we're back into the roasted high plot line although now it's in spencer's barn they're like, Allison, let us cut away from that excitement yeah yeah i mean some of the some, some of the staging of, some of these sequences is interesting even though there's really not a whole lot to work with i mean it's not like yeah not a ton of budget there which it's, it's not I like i'm like you know it's not like i'm like dissing the work of ron lagomarsino here they're um, doing what they can man it's it's obviously don't have a whole lot to spend on this so it's like evil shoes basically yeah um, yeah well, also, things are flying over her head at some yeah. point. Anyway, so cut to Emily, Emily and Allison at Spencer's barn, like, take, taking cover off the, to cover off the board game. It awakens to their presence, makes some crazy noises. Em notices that her game piece is over by the high school now, which, I, holy shit, go and burn this thing and douse it with holy water. I feel like this is the most interesting thing about the episode. Her fucking game piece seemingly moved on its own. Mm. Like, go on, show me more of the game board. This is crazy. This Unless unless there's like magnets that can move the pieces, mm-hmm. this is the strongest 
yes, I said it. Strongest mm. indication of a twinster theory that I can think of. That's all about the mushrooms, man. Sure. Um, <laughs> Emily says, was that piece over there the last time we looked at this? Uh, just hooray for the magical game board. Uh, this is what we want. Just give us more of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what they came for. So Allie picks up the phone from the holster in the middle. And I, this is where I thought, like, what's powering this thing? Like, do they have to plug this in? Guilt and secrets. Does A, like, sneak in every night and plug it into the wall? <laughs> There's, like, a plug in that, t- in that like, mm-hmm. table or whatever. He just, like, makes sure the cord If, if they ignore it for long enough, is the game just like, plug me in? <laughs> I need juice or else I'll, I'll blackmail you. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. If Skynet was just like, I need power. I'm hooked like a junkie. I swear to God, I'll ruin your civilization. If you it don't says give it that. like a like a weird, like robotic Gladys name. She's like, I need power. So it chooses an avatar to voice it like Lakuta of Borg. And like suddenly like Toby walks in and he's like, plug me in. You're very good at turning me on. I was born for this. Anywho. I was uh, made to love you. Uh, yeah. So the phone says press press hashtag bench me. I don't know why there's a hashtag, but whatever. Uh, so Allie hands the phone off to Emily who looks at it and she hesitates. I mean, did anyone on Tuesday night be like, oh shit, I need a hashtag bench me real quick. <laughs> Allie's like, do it or I will. So Emily taps on hashtag bench me. The screen changes to surveillance footage of a parked car with two people in it. And Allie's like, what is that? Is that security footage? And Emily's just like, zoink, Scoob. Looks like the alley behind the brew. Who's in? Who's that in the car? And we see, of course, it's Addison in the passenger seat. She's uh, accepting a giant bong from some dude in the driver's seat. And Allie's like, that would be Addison and her boyfriend. And on the footage, we see Addison is smiling. She's giving her dude a little kiss on the cheek and just seemingly like super fucking happy to be about to be doing like a bong hit in a car. Like yeah. she's really happy. We don't actually see her do that because this is free form. And Allie says, look at the time code. Isn't that when she was too sick for practice? And Allie says nothing, just pondering like what is the worst thing she can do with this new shit that has come to light? So, so my like, you know, like you have those bullshit theories when you're actually watching the episode for the first time. So I think a few times I voiced that my theory was that Addison was like, uh, like Allison's protege, like mm. actual her protege, like her, like taken under her wing. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny like from, from our interview of Allison Nelson, I kind of, I, the thing that struck me was the, she talked about some of her working on Joseph Doherty and I kind of thought of it like the writer mentor mentee thing is like you know training the detective like here's a case that i saw but i'm only going to give you part of the clues now you go and try to solve it but like um that's a whole book right there that's a whole book right there but yeah (laughs) this this whole thing like addison derringer just absolutely this dorky teen who's just like fuck yeah that's a giant bong (laughs) i i just ah addison it was like they she was like ooh, she's got all this juicy info and then like who the fuck drives to an alleyway to smoke pot? Like, why does she look so fucking happy about it? Don't you have a like a home where the boyfriend has a home? Like, this is Rosewood. Your boyfriend should be 29. I had such fucking hopes for us, Addison. You bummed it's, me out. This is that scene where, like, Poochie's like, sorry, my whole planet needs me. <laughs> She's just like, yay, a bong. I don't know. It's, I don't know. God. Even somewhere up in heaven. Sarah Harvey is like shaking her head, just in disappointment, Addison. 
I'm disappointed. I don't know. Like, I I know a lot of people did not like Allison. I really like the idea of the character, this like new mini me Allie who's just like there at school to cause trouble. I would love to see her throughout the season. I have no problem bringing in a new character as long as it's like adding spice to the, the proceedings. Like, I don't mind that Holden's back. I don't mind the idea of Addison. I just feel like what they did with her was not very interesting at all. Well, like, especially here. And I, I really don't get the sense that this is like the spinoff or whatever. Like, we know oh. the show's ending anyway. So, I don't know. Like, I would be totally fine with more Addison if they just made her like the new mini Allie who kind of like adds the uh, that interesting element to all the high school stuff. Because I think mm-hmm. she kind of, in, in theory, she is the the factor that makes you see the other liars as adults. You know, it's like, here is the actual teenager, and that's how you can see now see Emily and Paige and Allison all being adults at school. Like, she is, she's what helps them be recognized that way. But in practice, I don't feel like I really get that. Well, like, uh, well, it's funny because they're very good about they did it with the actor who plays Leslie Stone and like social media wise, they're like, here's so-and-so they're going to be Leslie Stone. Like, welcome to this world of PLL. And so in the vacuum of lack of knowledge in like a hiatus period, you're like, holy shit, who is this major new character? And so mm-hmm. they would introduce Addison Derringer, like months and months and months before you ever know anything. Of course you're like, she's going to be the lead spinoff character. And a lot of people would tune in. That's like, I'm almost positive if she's the new Aria. And it's like, <laughs> she's none of those things. Like, none of those things. I love the idea that Addison Derringer, until someone tells me different in a dream or what have you, she's 100% the girl in the Christmas episode teasing yeah. poor Claire. Totally. Uh, and this is, this, is where, this is where that girl ends up five years later. But also, I believe that she's probably the person who's like, hey, class, you know what would be super fun this day in class? Let's all put on black hoodies just to fuck up our teacher. <laughs> I just wanted to be more devious, I guess. Yeah, like be yeah. be a true Allison mini me and not just like some fucking small time. Oh, you just skipped class to go smoke a bong. Like, wow. Yeah. Boring. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to cut to the Hellman Clinic all the fucking way over in New York City. Apparently, we see a, a nurse is exiting the front door and walking down the steps, and then Arya just kind of slinks in behind her with a pink bag full of saltwater taffy to try her hand at the door, but it's locked. And Arya yeah. sighs and looks around, and she sees a nurse, and she makes this just devilishly pleased face and slithers on over to her. Yeah, you wanna, do you want to split this one up, too? Uh, who do you want to be? I'll let you decide. I'll be Arya. <laughs> Arya says, excuse me. Hello. Hi. Hi. Do they lock the doors and seven o'clock visiting hours are visiting hours are over at seven o'clock. Really? <sighs> Could have sworn they said eight o'clock. No, it's always been seven o'clock. Hmm. And she looks back at the door and pretends to sigh again. God, I love devious Arya. I knew this was crazy. My friend, she's a patient here. She was really craving saltwater taffy. So I ran out to get it and I knew I was going to make it. knew I wasn't going to make it back in time. I got stuck in this horrible traffic. And during all this, by the way, we're getting this like classic PLL, like POV shot. Someone's watching this from across the street behind a cab. And Arya's kind of gesturing with her pink bag of taffy there. Who's the patient? Nicole Gordon. 
um, I, I think she's in room three seventeen. That's right, three seventeen. Yes. All right, just give her the bag and get quick, but don't tell anyone that I'm going to let you in. It's going to cost you more than that bag of candy. And the nurse walks up the steps past Arya, and she's going to open the door. But, but then, off screen, we hear Arya. It's Holden. He's running up from the street, like stepping to like concerned. Don't do it. Arya's surprised and annoyed, just kind of glancing at the nurse next to her, but maybe resigned, maybe a little bit relieved too that somebody stopped her. What the hell does she tell the nurse right now? This is when, in my wildest dreams, Arya whips out a dagger, like jumps behind the nurse, like holds it to her throat, and it's just like, back off, Holden, or I'll do it. I think she also, just like chloroforms the nurse right now. What what is her goal? Well, I think say she say she gets in there. a murder weapon in the bag of saltwater taffy there. So so you think Nicole wakes up in the dark. There's just Arya sitting at the foot of the bed watching her, and Nicole's like, "Arya, are you gonna kill me?" I killed you like, ten minutes ago. I think Arya's like, "Don't be an idiot, Nicole. I would never hurt you." Pictunia, on the other hand, and then like. Nicole knows that Pictunia has been like crawling up the bed sheets towards her this whole time. Um, Aria, but, hold her legs. <laughs> you're a part of this, whether you want to be or not. Um, but like, I just, this whole thing of Aria trying to get in there, trying to confront Nicole and stuff. And I just kind of flash back to Yvonne telling Toby that she would never become the girl who says, choose me, not her. Aria has no problem with that. Well, first of all, this nurse, how gullible is this nurse? Yeah, like she has to know that like Nicole, like she's a curiosity, right? The news coverage is interested in her. Yeah. And she's like, oh, this random girl is like has this weird story about she needs to get in to see Nicole. Yeah, sure. I'll let you in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Holden running up like some sort of hero or something. I don't know. I I found it interesting the way he steps out of the light there. He just saved Nicole's life. Um, (laughs) So back in the the cobbler shop hannah's freaking out she's trying to touch shop. that shoe and she's like caleb caleb help someone please open the door cobbler Almost, shop. this crazy machine like starts like whirring and spinning up hannah starts like having ptsd flashbacks when she was tortured in like the first episode season seven a giant fucking through the saw i'm just like yawn uh joe Buck comes like through the wall like next to her like this is obviously a person on the other side of the wall like trying to drill her yep. Very careful of A, not to just fucking drill into her head there, yeah. Yeah, game over, man. Um, She brushes her arm against Hmm, some randomly, like, feels sander, and, like, uh, something hurts herself. She's screaming, she's crying, she's losing her shit. Mr. Tannarelli! Dude, Uh, Tannarelli is not here, Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you really think Tannarelli is just like, oh, maybe I'll just drill through the wall here? (laughs) This harmless accident that happens all the time. So I'm like, wooden shoe trees are swinging back and forth on strings. She dodges one. It like gets her on the second pass, like knocking her in the side of the head. It's like, like it's shoes are being thrown at her. Hit in the head with like wooden shoe trees. Yeah. And she's yeah, just she's... flashing back. She ducks down to a little ball and then we go to commercial. Um, when we come back, she's it's not scary though, and... right? Like th- through this whole scene, I was just like, yawn. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little it's weird. Just, oh. I don't know. We've been through this too many times. Like we need a new element. And like, I like, I I'm kind of through seeing the liars be kind of like physically tortured or intimidated. Like it needs more emotional stakes, I guess. Like, I don't know, like somewhere along the way, I, I can't connect anymore. Maybe just because Hannah's so checked out in this episode 
I'm having trouble connecting with her, like feeling her true trauma there. Even seeing like the the flashbacks to her in when she was kidnapped. You know, I'm just like, eh. When I, I like, I shouldn't be feeling that. I should be like, oh my god, this is so scary for Hannah. But it it's makes just me, it's not landing. It, it it on a on a conceptual level is where it falls apart. I think. Um, I, it makes me miss the halcyon days of like Hannah and like the empty room of mannequins in season three. Mm-hmm. Um, but like imagine that, but all the mannequins are wearing the dress. Um, it doesn't have that panache that we come to expect. Yeah. Plus, yeah, it's it's like this was the off episode where all the budget went elsewhere. Um, exactly. Well, yeah. When we come back, Hannah's like still huddled down the corner of the shoe cage while the machine who grinds away her phone beep. She checks it. It's a text from A that says, "Wait your turn, bitch. It'll come and you'll be ready." Ad. So extreme Hannah faced in the. Caleb shows up, unfortunately, swooping in to save her, and he's like, "Quote unquote, save her." Well, real quick, let me cut in. So this text from Ave, and it's basically just like, "This isn't this isn't the main shit. Calm down. I'll get to you later." Basically, you know, it's like this isn't even important. Wait your turn. It's episode two of the latter half of season seven. Hannah, be cool. I don't know why it's Caleb voice, but yeah, Yeah. Caleb's like, "Hannah, Hannah." She's not answering. He finally spots her that shoe cage. Freaks out. Hannah. Rushes over to her. is like, what happened? Uh, the cage won't open. So he finds a random, like, all forces at the door, hurries inside to comfort his special lady. Hannah, are you all right? You okay? You need a massage. Um, she's catatonic, breathing heavily. Uh, he brushes her cheek. She's just, like, whimpering as he looks around the place. It's well, like, like, we, we should feel horrible now, but I just felt nothing in this scene. I was just like, yawn. But also, me being me, I despise a situation where Caleb had to come save her. On its yeah, it's just like quote unquote save. Like he, I mean, great, he like broke open the door or whatever, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Like and I guess if we dissect this now, all this stuff that's happened, Jenna was wearing a copy of the dress, like just to mess with Hannah, but mm-hmm. A didn't actually want her like snooping around and following the Jenna thing, so she just like scared Hannah away. I guess that's this entire plot line, which but is also- kinda like nothing. It's like goofy psychological torture for something that it doesn't we don't fully buy into how much it affects Hannah. But like a lot of times the setting is also something that's crucial to a Mm -hmm. and it's like, I don't want you here in this place. And it's just a fucking cobbler shop. Yeah. And it's just like scary shoes. But like it didn't have that element that that weirdness. Like, I feel like this is where they needed to go to Marlene and be like, put your stamp on it. Because yeah. she she seems to know how to find just like the you'd never think of like the ridiculousness of what she comes up with for where this would take place and, and yeah, her idea I, of it. I don't think people give her like the like you know Reddit like, wants to like crucify this poor. Oh woman. no, they, I don't think they give her the credit for like like the the filter by which the show like pours through her and like those premieres and finales. The blind she, school is inspired. The dollhouse is brilliant. Um, she has a certain something where she whatever she thinks up is not what you were going to be thinking yeah yeah Um, and i and this is just like a shoe place uh yeah yeah like we're i don't know where's the where's the weird dolls or where's the where's the it's a show about women okay calm down yeah um so over at rosewood high again with rosewood high it looks like the meet's over thank god addison rosewood high yeah yeah, Addison and another girl have just gotten dressed at the lockers. Enter Emily, full of bad decisions to make. And she's like, hey, Carly, would you mind giving us a moment? Thanks. 
So Carly's like Carly's taking like hardly two steps before M growls Addison. We need to talk. We need to talk. Like, what is this about? And then he's like, this is about you and where you were yesterday when you were supposed to be here. And what you're willing to do to protect a lie. Well, I mean, like, no, too no, much. Note to Emily, <laughs> when the student is more chill than you, slow down. Yeah, too much. <laughs> and Addison's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, yeah, you do. You know exactly how dangerous you are. This gets an eyebrow raise from Addison because this is her fucking swim coach talking to her like a fellow teenager. And Ellie's like, if you don't retract those accusations, then I'll have to share some pretty damaging evidence about your extracurricular activities, you know, behind the brew. She's blackmailing her student right now. Also, is it just me or like maybe it's the eyebrows, but Addison kind of looks like Maisie Williams here. A little bit, like uh, a little more glammed up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's like, I. there was something interesting about like when she's in the, Allison's classroom and she does like the strut out. I don't know. Oh, I mean, this actress is like actually 15, I think, in this scene, too. So you, you definitely see like, oh, this is a high school student and this is a teacher, which just makes all of Emily's behavior seem that much weirder. Well, it, there's quite possibly a scenario, a very realistic scenario, because we know nothing about the season where this is her only episode. And yeah, yeah. I would be very curious to see this actress in this role in like a multi-episode arc. Um, that's how much I believe in the I feel promise like they've, of they've Addison. They found Barrett. a good actress, yeah, Ava Allen or Ava Allen. Um, yeah, she's just, got she's got the look, she's got the attitude, she's got the vibe. She's yeah, it, it, it's working. It's just like some of the storyline doesn't behoove her. Um, so Addison says, "So now you're following me too? Maybe you're going to use your time. Maybe you, you want to use your time more wisely, Coach Fields. Like finding a lawyer." Mm. And I was like, "Stop it, Addison. You will not have the last word." And Addison's like, "Why? You're going to smack me?" And he's like, "No, I can't do that. But somebody should have a long time ago. Probably some poor kid who got off the bus three stops early because they couldn't deal with your dirty looks or the sound of your snickering two rows behind them. You want to know what's inappropriate, Addison? You." You're inappropriate and you need to be stopped because I was that kid in the bus and I will not let you go through and just thank fucking God, he said shockingly about Paige, who's a little too late. Yeah. yeah, walked in behind her is just like Emily. Well, let's let's she, break this down a little here. When was Emily ever the kid getting bullied on the bus? Like Allison was cruel to her because Allison knew that Emily was attracted to her, but like We've never gotten this idea before that Emily was just being constantly like made fun of or anything like that. I don't know. I feel like that's like a little revisionist. Yeah, I mean, if this was like about like deep seated anger at the person she was because of Allison, despite that crush and how she's bending over backwards over that broken version of herself to like like you shouldn't be alone tonight, Allison. That'd be one thing. But yeah, I don't I mean, I don't know what how Emily Yeah. Was, burden with bullying in her youth but i just want to point out that real quick uh, especially when we talk about like in this modern age like rbf like dirty looks alone is not something to complain about yeah really not. sometimes that's just your face <laughs> emily's or page says emily and she just shoots and this like disbelieving look like what the fuck you nutcase like shut the yeah. fuck up yeah. and page is like i thought you weren't coming tonight you've got another app like obligation remember and Addison's like, what was that? Stalking another student? Burn. Paige is like, Addison, save your breath for the principal. He was just forwarded a copy of an email you sent to your friend in computer lab. 
gloating about how you got about you were getting rid of Coach Fields. And Addison's like, I never sent. And Paige says, save it, Addison. It was also sent to your parents. Your dad's in my office. Here's a copy to refresh your memory. And by my office, I mean the bench on the other side of the locker. <laughs> yeah, she hands Addison a folder. And I think the girl knows she's been defeated now. Although I, I can't remember who this was. It might have been the Bustle podcast. They're talking about, is it possible that Addison, like this was like A, forwarding the uh, email or something? Like Addison didn't know she would be busted this way? Or is it possible that this was AD, as in athletic director? Oh, shit. So anyway, Paige says, come on, your dad's waiting. And Paige just gives Emily a very stern, like disappointed glare. As Addison grabs her shit and she walks past. Uh, Emily just kind of turns around. She looks at herself in the locker mirror. Perhaps doesn't like what she sees because she's a fucking moron right now. Well, it's it's a couple of things like the bookends here. We Addison was introduced looking in her own locker room mirror. And now here's yeah. Emily, like you said, back in high school. Like she might park in the faculty lounge, but holy fuck, Emily. Well, um a couple of points on that. Um Cabernet and A, they had the great point of like, you never reveal to the bully that you were a victim. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, Emily? You're just like showing your neck. Like, have you learned anything at all? Um on Reddit, there is a good theory by uh, these souls that AD's new game is to make the liars revert to their high school selves. Hmm. Uh, doesn't seem to take much effort. Like Ezra, like the, the way the theory goes is Ezra's keeping Arya a secret from Nicole right now. So that's kind of like her being yeah. a secret relationship. Emily's back in high school, love triangle. Mm-hmm. Spencer's paranoid about her family, finding out new details about how like they're not the perfect Hastings clan. Like she was led to believe. And Hannah's back obsessing about fashion with Mona. Yeah, with Mona. I think that's the key. Yeah. I think I'm trying to remember. I believe it was on Bustle where they kind of similar theory where it's just like A wants to get them all fired, basically, I think. Like ruin their careers. Like, like, and I feel like this maybe goes along with the Twinter theory, kind of like ruin where they are in their lives now by like fucking up, you know, Emily's probably about to get fired soon. Mm-hmm. Arya seemingly doesn't really have a job. Hannah might crash and burn with this dress business, and Spencer is being kind of perhaps coerced to walk away from her job with Veronica. Well, also, but Arya, like, that book is ruined if Nicole's alive. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not it's not ruined, but perhaps ruined for her because mm. now there's a new afterword kind of like an epilogue by nicole, put on by nicole. Yeah. yeah i'm not actually a lot a dead you know that's right i'm alive no worries oh my god but I mean, like so there's the nerdy reporter in the alleyway his story is so fucking juicy that ezra writes this book about his deceased fiance presumably missing deceased fiance it's twisted yeah falls in love with the girl that he wrote the book with and then the fiance returns i wonder why Uh, that wasn't damien maybe they thought they would just be like two like damien's like a school reporter yeah 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 they need like a real reporter yeah (laughs) they need somebody who's like number isn't gonna be called immediately or it's just like you i know you fuck you also i bet after his like run in of like Emily later that night, Tammy probably left town. He's probably dead. Like she yeah. probably murdered him. 
Drop Emily, you may have heard she's killed a few guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She keeps saying three when we thought it was two. Nope, it's three. Um, Elsewhere in quote unquote New York City here, which apparently is where we are right now. Yeah. Ari and Holden, they've gotten some uh, slices of pizza, s- some slices of pie there, sitting outside a table eating. And Aria says, I can't believe you followed me here. Mind you, you followed her all the way to New York City. I mean, I don't know my East Coast geography too well, but that's like a couple hours, right? Yeah, well, you know, in a New York minute, everything could change. Holden says, I didn't want you to make another mistake. The road to every altar is paved with bad decisions. Does he like just have to do this all the time? Here's what I want with Holden. Oh, first of all, again, we're really brewing something with this Holden spinoff. We really are. Are we? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, the guy who changes careers every like year but somehow it's centered on like let me, happy let me hit you with the title it doesn't make a ton of sense but i like it okay a widower for one year why like i said it doesn't make sense but i like it can i can i counter offer a different title mm-hmm. playing by heart uh, so how what if and what if what if like when the finale of one of these scenes He's like wearing like a like a black blazer, like a like a black button up shirt, and mm-hmm. he's just like, uh, Ari, one of these days you have to trust me. Some of my wisdom is learned. Some of it comes from a higher power. Like he puts on like his priest collar. So like the next year he's gonna be a priest. <laughs> I'm now a Jesuit priest, yeah. Um, so then Holden takes a bite of his quote unquote like, New York. What? Pizza. I saw the young pope. I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I never finished the young pope. This New York pizza here, what the fuck? Where did you guys go to eat? Little Caesars? Like, this is just like the tiniest, most pathetic slice of pizza you've ever seen. I'm still going to throw this out as one of my, obviously this is a trap for PLL, but one of my top five office moments mm-hmm. is when Michael's in New York and he's like, yeah. hey, oh, no, come here. Let me show you my favorite New York pizzeria. And he leads him over to a Sbarro's. This isn't even Sbarro's. Sbarro's would be more impressive than this just pathetic like just limp slice that he's eating god it's disgusting uh, you, so, you don't like flaccid pizza huh not that that does not look good at all uh it's also it appears to be just cheese there's no like pepperoni or anything no no thank you who who are the people who just eat cheese pizza psychopaths that's who yeah that's gross so aria says do you think i should just give the ring back because she's all the way at 11 right now and he's yeah. like, what? God, no. I think you should stare at that diamond real hard and think about how long it took for a lump of carbon to become that. I mean, it's like a million years plus. I think Holden's high right now. <laughs> Aria just smiles. I took, I took too much heart medicine. Yeah, just completely empty platitude here. And Holden's just like, talk about patience. And she sighs and he says, you can't expect him to be on your timetable, Aria. If the man needs another week or two, give it to him. It's probably more torn up inside than you. At this point, I was like, what if Holden's actually Ezra in a mask? It's <laughs> like, Arya, what? And you think you need to consider the feelings of Ezra Fitz first here. Listen here, dummy. I think you should sign this contract, signing the book completely over to him. I'm Holden Strauss, a terrible advice out of nowhere. <laughs> Don't ask me how I did that thing where I was like, sup to myself. <laughs> it's yeah. an alleyway. Well, and Arya, she smiles at this because this is just the kind of shitty advice that she needed to hear. Yeah. And she says, thank you. And he's like, no sweat. 
and he pushes his plate over to her and he's just like try the pizza it's good not uh not as good as mine but and Arya just smiles again and then she just decides to rest her head on his shoulder because he's just like an emotional prop to her some of these scenes in this episode are great like hands down great and that might be because you have amazing actors and a crew that knows how to bring this to life some of these scenes feel rushed on primarily conceptual level some of these scenes feel like the most magical pll spec script oh whatever which scene is this because i feel like holden's fine here like this is a little bit of all of it i think (laughs) I, i think they have some chemistry but in the back of my mind i'm like i'm just thinking there's no way like there's it's gonna be like an Ezreal wedding in the finale like maybe i'm wrong about that but that's what everyone assumes so it's like, like i can't get invested in this at all even though they seem to have much better chemistry than her and ezra do lucy hale and shane coffee are great in this scene but i guess what i'm in i'm inviting you to do the intellectual exercise of imagining this not as a scene filmed of actors and chemistry but like mm-hmm. just the words like on a black and white page mm-hmm. Yes, like it, puppets. I want monkeys in suits doing this. No, but like imagine just the, the words Aria are... puppet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moment of silence. The beautiful Lovecraftian dread, as I imagine an Aria puppet. Um, but like black and white on page, like this just seems so cheesy. Especially when he's just like, "I want you to stare at that diamond real hard." <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, let's get back to the high school for one more scene. Again, scene 12 at the high school. (laughs) It's just where all the action is. Yeah. Emily is just kind of sitting on a bench in the locker room, her office, pondering what a fucking idiot she is. Paige walks up around the corner. Fucking idiot, fucking idiot, fucking idiot. Paige says, hey, you ready? And Emily's like, yeah. And Paige says, let me get my stuff. I'll give you a ride. She walks off. Emily slowly gets up. And she walks past like a bunch of cubby holes, which I guess are for the teachers. And there's a small envelope in there for her, no label on it. So she pulls it out and opens it. And inside is a puzzle piece. Another one of those puzzle pieces, kind of sepia tone, maybe a photo, kind of hard to tell. Um, And then we hear Paige off screen say, Emily, you ready? And Emily's like, coming. So she puts a puzzle piece in the envelope in her purse and then her phone rings, new text. She checks it. It's from AD, of course. It says, embrace your darkness, M. I've had to. That's how you win the game, AD. What is that? And this was a this was a moment where I, I, I really enjoyed, only because I feel like every time we do like a round table with somebody, mm-hmm. I'm always just like, I want to see Emily embrace her darkness. <laughs> She's definitely very angry in this episode. I mean, it's not yeah. it's not entirely out of character. I just feel like there was something it wasn't set up right or I don't know what, like it just didn't feel right. But I think the whole like predator aspects, like really derailed this whole potentially interesting storyline. Well, because it really called to, to question some of the general philosophy of the show and some Mm -hmm. certain characters, which is why I'm still astounded and pleased that like Liam, like somebody actually got to write a scene where Liam says (laughs) to Ezra to his face, like you're a fucking predator. Yeah. And Ezra's like, are you reading the same pages as me? <laughs> um, Emily's added her piece to the small puzzle in the middle. And off screen, we hear Arya say, Em, I don't get it. What did you have to do to get this piece? And Arya's, er, Emily's like, Arya, 
you don't want to fucking know. Um, but so we see the liars are all there. Allie's there. They're standing by the board. Spencer's like right in the middle, leaning over the side of this puzzle. And Allison, of course, says, Jenna reduced her to blackmailing a 10th grader. And I want Emily to be like, thanks. Fuck you. Thanks. Do we, do we really know it was Jenna? Or are you just assuming that? Yeah, yeah we're just assuming. Because Jenna's alive and breathing, so we have to assume it's her. Hannah's like, well, you got off easy. Her and her goons try to grind my hand to moccasin. And Spencer's just like, hey, is that a map? And she's like looking at this thing. And he's like, what? They all lean closer. And so Spencer points out, look. That dark area is shaped like rosewood, and then there's these three lines, or the three rows that lead out of it, like the one that curves just like Route 37, and this long slanted one leads to a turnpike. And Ari's like, why are we getting a map? And Allison's like, seriously, it's like this game wanted to help us escape. And he's like, no, but maybe he wants us to find something. And Spencer's just like, bum, 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 or someone. And they all make concerned faces at each other. We get another POV shot. Someone's watching them from outside the barn through the window, and then credits. No A tag, just eh, that's the end of the episode. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like through and through. This episode just felt off. Like there's not even an A tag. It just kind of ends abruptly. You're like, oh, okay, and that was the end of the episode. Yeah. So that was these boots were made for stocking. I don't know what that's even in reference to. Maybe them stalking Jenna. I don't even know. Arya stalking Nicole. Just general fashion and Nancy Sinatra. They're all kind of generally stalking someone or someone stalking them. Yeah. I don't know. Not our favorite episode. Perhaps the fire and water of PLL to make a lost reference. Um, I just, I don't know. Perhaps the Paravion. The Par Avion of PLO. Not a fan of Par Avion, huh? Um, I just uh, perhaps the beer bad of PLO. I think Arya generally is still Arya in this episode. The other characters are all just kind of being awful. Like I don't mm. think Arya is that awful, all things considered. I mean, she's gonna go like murder Nicole, but that's like in a fun way. But mm. the other characters were all just like not enjoyable at all. Yeah. Hopefully we'll we'll have some fun the next episode. I think Sydney's back. Well, okay, so the Brian Holdman episode. I think uh, I've got high hopes oh, for that. Fantastic. I I I did generally enjoy the show when we watched it when it first aired. So like that immediate taste test was was satisfactory to me. I mean, it, it wasn't a crowd pleaser in a huge way like like playtime was, but it was when I dove into it when I started doing notes that I just started to get really annoyed with the way the scenes were structured. Like so many of them. Where it's just like somebody just like doesn't want to talk about something the whole scene. Yeah. And they have to have it coaxed out of them. Like it just starts to wear after a while. You're just like, oh my God, just get on with it, you know? Well, and it, it generally points out the stress points of of the things that have never changed, like like why does Mona, the most capable character of all time, have to beg Hannah to like yeah. spilling the beans? Um totally. Anyway. That was these weeks for major stocking. Next week is Hold Your Peace with Brian Holdman, directed by Marta Cunningham. Is there anything else we need to discuss before I uh, close this out here? So, uh, uh, Lorona sent us a uh, a map, as many people have. Uh, I want to double check something with you. It's basically the couplings and the offspring that comes from the Hastings Theodore's family tree. Mm-hmm. Did we get 
we didn't get official word that Jessica is Bethany Young's mom, right? It's just that she was no, having no, an affair with Bethany's dad. Pretty sure she is not Bethany Young's mom. Okay. I mean, they've, they've never gone that far to suggest it. Yeah, she was just like having an affair. Um, I still don't think Bethany Young is ever going to be mentioned in again on the show. Personally, I don't know. We'll see. I I don't I don't see it. And if they ever do bring Bethany Young back, you know who I really want to play want her to play her. Who? Dre Davis. Excellent. Um, Jennifer sent us something uh, asking about Eric Kahn. It's an interesting theory, but the thing is, I don't think it's going to be Eric Kahn because I just don't see Robbie Amell ever coming back to the show. Um, like the well, thing like, that why, was, why would it be? He's in one scene in one episode. Just talking about knowing CC and Noel's death, but um, I mean, I you can draw connections, but I think as far as like a satisfying reveal, mm-hmm. so many people wouldn't remember him mm-hmm. that it's just hard to see. Like, oh yeah, this one one character who's in like one episode of the entire show is suddenly a yeah, yeah. Uh, like Riley sent us a video, and it's a lot of people have talked about you know like interviews and like things where like well Troyan will mention something and it kind of calls back to like when we talk to Troyan. I think it's um it's a matter of like this is obviously what the actor was thinking and and you know as Troyan has mentioned she's been lucky enough to have some input into the creation of her character alone. So I don't think it's like per se anything to do with mm-hmm. us. It's just that we got a window into her mindset and her mindset kind of influenced the show. Oh, I mean uh, this is this is how I'm approaching this final season with my my random insane theorizing. I try right. to ignore entirely what's been said in the press interviews. Just like, I don't know, I feel like you just you go down rabbit holes that way. Like analyze the text. If if you can find it there, I feel like it's worth talking about. If you're stuck focusing on like, well, Marlene tweeted this a year and a half ago, blah blah, like I don't know. Like to me that's just not enjoyable. I I try to ignore all that and just focus my theorizing on what we have in front of well, us. Well, like, yeah, you could focus on somebody mentioning how involved Andrew was supposed to be or something, but, like, it's Andrew. Does it yeah. matter? Like, behind-the-scenes stuff aside, does it matter? It's Andrew. Um, yeah, like, the thing today where someone tweeted at us that, like, De Laurentiis is an anagram for, like, Liars United or whatever, and it's like, eh. that's great. I <laughs> somehow don't see that like being like Sarah Shepard's original intention. Well, it was, it was uh, Radley Sanitarium is an anagram for, was it married a De Laurentiis or something like that? I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It was an anagram for something. Also, uh, what's her name? He, she and TV, uh, uh, Brittany from that podcast suggested that we listen to their latest episode for playtime. And I did. And it was a, it was a fun recap. It was nice to see, like us being on the same page with somebody else a lot with, with hmm. things. Also, I just want to point out that Brittany's co-host Zach sounds exactly like Thomas Lennon, which was interesting. Who's Thomas Lennon? He's a comedian, an actor. Hmm. You've seen okay. him on a thousand things. The, yeah. Uh, related to John. No. Yes. No. no. Okay. Anyway, if you would like to get in touch with us, broswatchpl2.com is our website page where you can leave a, a longer comment or you can tweet at us at broswatchpl2 on the Twitter. We always appreciate reviews on iTunes. We got a couple this past week from Paige Ken. Thank you for your review. 
TJ Potter 2 thinks we hate each other now. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? What do you think? I don't know. Let's maybe we're supposed to say one thing nice about each other right now. Okay, go for it. Uh, I'd say you have a a strong memory. You always remember things that I forget. Like remember when you meant you remembered the Mindhunters movie that I saw and completely forgot about? Yeah, I remember that. And I remember that was a fine, interesting, ridiculous film. Okay, mm-hmm. so thank you, everyone. We'll uh, catch you next time. I hope you all caught that. <laughs> Won't you peace? <laughs> we'll be back. We'll hold your peace. Until then, sayonara. Bye.